You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. What is the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, Tony Dunn, a.k.a. The Professor. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions from the fan experience tonight's show talk about experience the Panthers this is the title of the show guys it's a good one Panthers add experience and an old dude while watching the NFL Super Bowl the Carolina Panthers have acquired a defensive line coach that is old father time they've lost a couple of assistant coaches and The Super Bowl is this week. They're going to be watching from their couches. This 72-year-old guy has seen every Super Bowl, every single Super Bowl, Cody. My co-host, my wheel man, thank you for joining me. We are one episode. This is the final episode of the year. This is how I time these shows. In fact, a lot of viewers or listeners don't even know how I do the rhythm. But this season right now, was 21 if you look like on your podcast on itunes tune in stitcher it says season 21 next at next week is season 2020 22 because i end it with the super bowl the super bowl is the end next week is the beginning of a new year but we got to watch this great game dude man there's a lot to talk about and this old guy has seen everything. Have you seen? How much have you seen? Welcome back. Oh, I, I, I put out a funny, uh, a funny tweet about our, our brand new coach, and that he looks just as confused as we are about his hire. But listen, Tony Don, we have a fantastic Super Bowl right in front of us. We have a, a really good matchup that, frankly, I'm excited about. Uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to watching this Super Bowl. I think it's going to be fun. But first and foremost. You know that there is nowhere I'd rather be on a Tuesday night than sitting here with my boys hanging, talking Carolina Panther football with the best fans in all of YouTube, Tony. You already know them and love them. We got my man Drew, ATX19, Brad Dugan, David Screws, Joey the Blind Panther, Kego Fort, MJ, Off Grid, 
Panthers Rule, Paul Mancini, The Nine Lives Podcast, The Factor One, Tim Estes, Trap, Underground West, Trail One, Tony Dunn, and nothing to it but to do it, brother. Let's roll. The Carolina Panthers, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, hired Paul Mascaloni. Mascaloni. I'm pretty sure that. Well, actually, I'm not pretty sure if that's pronounced properly. I've been saying Pasqualone. That's Pasqual- how it reads phonetically. Pasqualone. Pasqualone. Paul Pasqualone hired as hey, the how's your fan? line coach. Frisman Jackson and Jackson Jason Simmons leave. These are our assistant coaches, one going to Pittsburgh, one going to Las Vegas. At 9.30 tonight, we've got Bob Rose coming on to help us talk about, uh, or not talk about, help us talk about, but tell us some more about what's going on in New Orleans as Eric Bieniemy spent eight hours with that um, ownership group, but they decided to hire Dennis Allen, defensive coordinator, to take over. Thank God it wasn't poor David Culley. So we got that. We got Super Bowl prop bets. We got the best and worst moments of 2021 for the Carolina Panthers. But we got the best crew in the house. CK! The bestest voice. The bestest voice. Welcome back to the C3 Panthers podcast. Hey, man. Happy to be here. And uh, I'm here for the long haul tonight. And, uh, you know, listen, it's uh, it's interesting. We talk about... You know the the Panthers listening to uh, the podcast and the and the brass. Uh, you know, listen. I mean, and it might be because we all kind of have a. Uh, you know, we are a voice of the fans, as we are fans, and I think a, a lot of fans share a lot of the same opinions. And so it might be a bit vain of us to assume it's because they're listening to our podcast. But you know, I consider us to be the voice of the Carolina Panthers fan base, and uh, and and right now they're 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 clearly listening to what we're saying because they are doing everything they can to hire experience, and and at this point. You almost wonder are they overcorrecting a bit um, with the amount of uh, uh, amount of real focus they it's have like on this. They went from coaches. zero experience to father time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, really, right. see, yeah, you're right. They went from zero guy to who's the guy that fell asleep under the willow tree for like a bazillion year old Rip Van Winkle. You know, they went from yeah. nobody has zero experience to the guy that has the most experience in the world. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. A lot to talk about there. Greg, uh, the Bat Daddy, the Stat Daddy, and also uh, the Man of Many Podcast. Welcome back. Thanks, man. Always fun. Uh, you know, I actually, I said that last week when I was talking about the hiring of the staff. I was saying he's oversteering, and it looks like he's just, you know, digging for deeper into that he's right continuing now. Continuing to go, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was yeah, like though, when you hit the snow or something, and you're like, you know, yeah, something, you're like, yeah. don't, don't <laughs> jerk. He's turning the reel the wrong way. Like he's Maybe. gonna start Actually, out I think he's turning it the right way. I just think you should have done it back at that last curve. Yeah, or he's doing it too much right now. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that is the question. Is it overcorrection? Is it correction? Is it too little, too late? Right. Are you correcting the wheels while you're tumbling down the cliffs? Who knows? The number is 252-228-5098. That is 252 252- Two two eight fifty ninety eight. Join the longest running Panthers podcast, the C three Panthers podcast. Run iTunes, tune in, Stitcher, smash the thumbs up button, subscribe, be a part of the community. Jump in this live ass chat room. When I say live, these guys keep us on our toes. 
but I'm telling you, you can just help us by subscribing and be being a part of the community. Let's jump into tonight's and, show. And you know what, Tony, before we go forward, let me tell you about the people in this chat room. On the Friday free-for-all, we had some strong donations. Shout boom, out to boom. the C3 fan family. Love you, boys. Love you, girls. Happy to have you all here. And we've already started the show strong, Tony Dunn. David screws with the five dollars. Says the oh new defensive goodness. line coach will fit in good with Phil Snow. They can be golf Agreed. buddies, except for Phil Snow doesn't do anything but coach. That is kind of cool, and that's what we've heard from Matt Rule a little bit. You know, it's like Phil Snow's in here before everybody. Never leaves this man. Like he sweeps the floors. He got another dude that's just like that. These guys are gonna be best buds. Oh yeah. They're going to be in the oh, sun yeah. together. Wearing no gonna, towels. What else are they going to do? They'll probably like, make sure they're eating their yogurt in the morning. They're just just—they're going to be you know, eating yogurt in the morning, talking about football, <laughs> and talking about how they, uh, they don't like their wives. Oh, zing. Or how they love their wives because they've been with them forever. All right. So the, tell me, does anybody even know? Has anybody even Googled this guy and what he's done? Paul yeah, so, Cody so he's been with Florida, with the Florida Gators. Shout out to Brad Dugan in the chat. Uh, he's, he's been with um, uh, with the Florida Gators. And it, basically, he's been a defensive line coach for a long time. And a he long is... Time. All right, let's get back into his early four, uh, 60s. How about that? Let's go back twelve years. See where was, where was he at? Hey, you are you are not make fun. That's right around the corner for you, professor. In the, in the oh! <laughs> hey, man, the uh, you know the seventies will be here for you in the blink, man. So you know, be cool, man. Hey, some people are at their best once they have some seasoning on them. Once they've been oh, left yeah. in the oven for He's a like, little while, uh, they've been left to cook. An age steak. But all right, so he was at uh college. It was in Florida. Okay. Thanks, Brad. Where the hell else has he done? Give me some more. There's gotta be some more than just some Florida Gators. That's Didn't it? look up too much about him before. Oh, I thought you guys had it. I thought you said it. You said it. It's a big part of the Florida Gators team. Yeah, okay. he was a head coach in Syracuse for 14 years, uh, connected yeah, with three more, as 40 Thank years total coaching, 10 years in the NFL. 10 so, years in the uh, NFL. Let me hear he, these. Does anybody have the stats on 10 years in the NFL? He has served as a tight end, linebackers, and defensive line coach with the Cowboys, and he worked in the Houston and Chicago. He was also a defensive coordinator in Miami from 2008 2009, and Detroit. Miami 18, Dolphins? Yep. It was a Dolphins. Defensive coordinator, and he was okay. the Detroit defensive coordinator from 18 to 19. Spent the last two seasons as the assistant of the University of Florida. So that's pretty What do you guys year. think about a defensive line coach? We we wanted, and back to CK's comment about an over, overcorrection. Uh, we wanted experience on this um, coaching staff, or at least maybe I did. Right. We pointed to the inexperience as being at least a challenge for this team going forward. And it looks like Matt Rule has, like you said, corrected significantly. We're talking about the Chris Ta uh, Tabor 
the special teams coordinator who's got like 12 years of experience in the NFL. Right. Ben McAdoo, right? Like the list is like all of a sudden these guys have been places in, in the NFL. This guy, though, the the group of guys that he is going to be coaching is the doggiest of dogs on the team. They have to be, right? right. Like you got to be the most alpha like, I mean, I won't say alpha. I hate that because that's what Matt Rule always says. But you got to be the meanest mug to play defensive line. You got to be the meanest dude on the street. You're the guy that you walk down the alleyway and you see that dude and you turn around. You don't want to fuck with him. Right. Like you are an aggressive, mean, angry, take your lunch, meanest person on the earth. Typically, the things we not teach our kids to be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, but, typically. But, right, right. But that's your job. Like, you have to have that attitude. You got to, like, or I would, I want you to, is bringing old man pops in here, like, a wizard move? Like, oh, yeah, because we can bring this old, gnarly-ass dude who's been through all this shit, I guess. Is he going to be able to relate? I want to know, what does it take to motivate the Spartans on your team? So and as a seventy-two kinda, Paul Pascaloni, who I love Italian cat, cats, is he the right guy for the job? I the only thing I hope is that he's a teacher. First and foremost, when you're yeah. a coach, you are a teacher, and we're dealing he's with very young football he can be a players. Teacher, but he's seventy-two. Bro. No, but okay, but here's the deal: at seventy-two, he is not going to be anywhere near the meanest motherfucker on the football team. In fact, far from it. I'm sorry. Like, and maybe, and maybe he just has some. But actually, not. He might be the meanest motherfucker. He didn't drink his prune juice. Imagine salesman going into. Look, salesman's in here, and I was about to. I was about to send him a message every day. I take a poop. I'd be like, God, I think I poop more than this dude. But this would be like salesman getting in the bathroom, and there being no toilet paper. He could be an old mean man that way. Dude, you put a toboggan and a yellow jacket on him, and he's Mickey from Rocky. Yeah, look at him. (laughs) <laughs> Look at him! I'm telling you, man. If he acts like that, I'm cool. If he's got that kind, of- I, just I don't know about it. I, just I don't him- know about it. I don't know if I should lo- love it, love it like you said. Do I like? I like Mickey, but Jesus <clears throat> Christ, this is old. My thing he's is this: old. I, look, he needs to be a teacher because we have a lot of young guys who don't do a lot of everything well. We have guys that are specialists. We have guys like Brian Burns who is fast and mobile and athletic but we're still talking about his ability to set a physical edge. And to me, it's not necessarily that Brian Burns lacks the physical strength to do it. It's just that he lacks the te- the proper technique to be able to set the physical edge. He has the incredibly long arms. He has a powerful frame, but we need a defensive line coach that's going to be able to teach these guys up. And listen, I don't know shit about this old man, so I'm not going to sit here and fake like I do and pass a judgment on what kind of person or coach he is the only thing that i can genuinely hope for is that he is going to come in prepared to make these guys better football players than they were before and if they're willing to buy into that then i'm down with his overhead projector uh dude dude the hand technique how is the old how is the 72 year old man gonna teach the the hand hand technique I'm not saying he can't teach it, like, period. But, like, is he the most capable at this moment? It's very ageist of you, Tony Don. 
Yes, it is a little A 70-something-year-old man can't teach? No, we can teach, but, like, at the end of the day, like, you're teaching the most. Did you say we can teach? Can you teach Green Berets? Like, yeah, I mean, you could teach, like, some old man defense, but, like, do you teach the Navy SEALs? I don't know if you do that. Well, was he the head coach at Syracuse for the last 14 years, and that was his last job? Because, I mean, I think that's great at sending emails. He's going to have to teach Brian Burns how to be the last time. So, Greg, the last time he was a head coach uh, was with Connecticut from 2011 to 2013. Okay. Okay. Yes. They can teach him the Charleston Black Mob. But he's been, so, uh, but listen, he has been the defensive line coach for a lot of football teams that had really good defensive lines. Um, the Bears in uh, 2014, the Texans in 2015. And I believe that's when JJ Watt was wreaking havoc for the Houston Texans. Um, you know, uh, Boston College defensive line coach. Uh, they put out some NFL players. So, I mean, there's reason to be hopeful. Again, like if, we're, if, if we're looking at these pictures and just judging the, uh, a book by its cover, it's like, yeah, we hired Mr. Magoo to be our defensive line coach. But can dude, I ask at the one question day, for the stat coach, daddy before we move on? Stat daddy, what years did he coach for the Lions? Because this picture uh, right here 2018 looks like 2018 and 19. Okay. All right. So it was only four years ago. Yeah. I mean, if that was 2008, I was going to be worried. If I look at this picture right here from 2018, I'm assuming it's from then because he's wearing a Lions. Uh, yeah, jacket. it looks good. He, he doesn't look, I wouldn't pin him at 70, 70 I guess. No, nah, it's a good ago, 72. But yeah, getting I mean, out there and like uh, showing you how to get low, get your butt down. I don't think he's going to be doing, you know, burpees and stuff like that, but. All right. I don't know. You're right. We'll You're see. right. It is ageist, but geez. It CK just feels right, like the though. dog. Like, it's one thing to be offensive coordinator and be old where you are the coordinator. Yeah. Well, it seems but it'd be like this. Imagine head, you'd be though. like, hey, we got this new fucking water boy right here. And he had like a walker. You'd be like, Jesus. CK hit the nail on the head and the fact that it's like now we're doing this course correcting and yes, now we've gone right. back a thousand percent the Too other far. way. Too we far. had these young coaches. We had a youth movement going on here in Carolina. And then the main criticism that Joe Pershing's uh, article on the Panthers ended up revealing was that everybody's saying there isn't enough NFL know-how amongst this coaching staff. There's just not enough uh, veteran leadership that has NFL experience. So then you look at the, the the guys that they've hired in this cycle, and it seems to be a reflection of Matt Rule answering those criticisms. He wants guys that have NFL yep. experience. Now, I, I certainly think that it, it'll it'll help more than uh, you know than what we've been watching for this Carolina Panthers team, especially late in the season and even late in football games. I think there's a real lack of of technical know how. But I'm hoping that a hire like this um, could potentially help with all of the things that Matt Rule is so clearly inept at. As we added a uh, it's very seasoned, like a aged defensive, what well, defensive line coach, and a good Italian guy, Pescaloni. 
Um, we lost a couple of coaches. Frisman Jackson, who had been, this is uh, according to the Riot Report, interesting, he put. Frisman Jackson had been Matt Rule's wide receivers coach in temp- and at Temple Baylor with the Panthers. Now he leaves for the same job for Pittsburgh. So Frisman Jackson now wide receiver coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Las Vegas Raiders are also expected to hire Carolina Panthers defensive passing game coordinator and defensive backs coach Jason Simmons to coach their secondary. So as the Panthers add a lot of experience, uh, they lose a couple of coaches from from this staff. Now, I saw, I love how, actually, I love how the internet reacts to everything because I'm asking you to watch this show, smash the thumbs up button. But what do you guys think about this? It's like, uh, some people are like, oh my God, what does this tell us about the coaching staff and the future of Matt Rule? And I think we already knew all of this. But you guys, what do you, what do y'all see? From these uh, exodus, while we get this aged meat uh, <laughs> defensive line coach, I, I think that the the you're talking about the the coaches exiting is working. Yeah, is, like does this? So I saw a couple of people be, uh, on Twitter said this as they they said like, oh, this tells us something about like uh, the stability, like wanting to uh, work for Matt Rule. Blah, blah, blah. So they were doing this, but at the same time, I have been criticizing that I don't like these this staff, period. Yeah. So I don't really care that these two cats left. Well, I, right. I agree. I don't care they left either, but there was an interesting point in the chat room earlier. I'm not sure who said it, and they were talking about how assistant coaches usually only stay about two years. They're kind of nomads, and that makes sense, right. especially with like the wide receiver coach who was with him in college, then moved to the pros. Now he's had two years in the pros, Maybe now he wants to be a pro coach and not go back. So I mean, it's I'm possible that could be the reason them for it. getting a job after this shit. Imagine oh, yeah. trying to get a job and yeah. being like, "What? What's your number one thing?" Oh, I was with the Panthers last year. Like, oh god. <laughs> what do you? What do you have? What do you have as your resume builder? Uh, well, yeah, I was. We uh, lost all the defensive backs and secondary coaches, which was supposed to be the best part of our team last year. So, oh, I mean, yeah. that's good. All right, so um, wait, say it again. Uh, secondaries coach, yes. Wide receivers, come on. No. Defensive backs. Let's see. This one, this one is uh, de- um, secondary. So I could see that. You'd be like, hey, number two defense. This guy was, I'd be like, man, I coached Robbie Anderson into dropping everything. Yeah, DJ Moore had a bunch of drops. Listen, the the receiver but DJ coach, Moore is fine, but like you couldn't. All right, so Frisman the Jackson. The receiver coach is whatever to Good me. for him. How about this? Is Frisman Jackson gets to go from a team that has struggled to field two receivers at the same time? That's kind of been the mantra. The story of the Carolina Panthers and the history of their team is the search for two good receivers. Mm-hmm. At the same time, we've occasionally hit it, right? So you've you got Steve Smith and Masim Muhammad a couple of times. You got um, ooh, ooh have we really had, had 
How, I don't it. think we've really Frank had a duo. Oh, so we got a uh, Ricky Pro and. So think about this, is that the Panthers have always historically been searching for a second receiver. I think of this is the times we had Kerry Colbert. We were trying to get Dwayne Jarrett. Think, you know, Kelvin. All right, so you move on from Steve Smith. You try to get Kelvin Benjamin, Devin Funches. Have we ever had two at the same time? And it wasn't until last year, arguably. Yeah. Right, is like you yeah. could say, "Oh man, we're gonna have Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore for two more years. We'll be all right." So, Starting to think of this, what were the duos? Think of the duos that. Well, anyway, as you guys in the chat will solve this, tell us the best Panther duos and the years of that duo at wide receiver. Um, and at the same time, think about this: as Frisman Jackson gets to go from that to a wide receiver factory in Pittsburgh. But, but they also have no quarterback now. And right. Uh, right. I mean, That's but good. they have All a great so, head coach. Oh, gosh. Steve Smith so. and Keyshawn Johnson. Shut up, Kevin. Come on. <laughs> All right. Moose and Smitty. We know that. So we've had those two years. We had maybe um, one year. All right. So... God, who is it? Moose and Smitty. Think of the best years in Panthers history in offense, right? So in 2003, we made uh, the Super Bowl. That is uh, Smitty and Masin Muhammad. 2005 and eight, we made playoffs, I believe. One was Double Trouble. Steve Smith. Um, I don't know if we had a real number two. At that time, the best that we got after that may have been Brandon LaFell and Steve Smith for a minute. Mm, LaFell was never. And then really. we got to the 2013 season. All right. So we went 12 and 4 and 20. I bet you the next best duo was Ted Ginn Jr. and Steve Smith. 2013. Yeah. Wow. That's the best. But this guy's going to a wide receiver factory. Anyway. Ginn was no good then, wasn't he? Isn't that why we got rid of him? No, Ted Ginn was, um, well, no, he was good for us in spurts. He was terrible. All right, so he was drafted very high to the Miami Dolphins, like number one or two overall. Like, it was crazy. Like, he got, maybe it's top ten. But Ted Ginn, like, got drafted as, he was a punt. Ret- he was a returner for Ohio State. Amazing, right? Speed. I, I mean, this guy actually had all the tools. He just was not. He didn't have the best hands. Right. And he got drafted a little too high, probably in Miami. Not under the best circumstances. Didn't get to live up to that super super superstar status. Then I think he went to bounced around one team and then came to Carolina. Hey, here's your answer, Tony Don. That's got? the answer right there. Oh, LaFell and LaFell and the Nene. Nene. What was his name? The Nane. Legadu Nane. Legadu Nane. Dude, that guy did have a pretty damn. All right. So, but Ted Ginn, all right, just to finish the question on Ted Ginn or the point is Ted Ginn. Um, had a kind of surprising turn with us in 2013. I think it was 2013. Yeah, 2013, punt return, real good on special teams. 
started to earn his stripes a little bit on the offense. Mm-hmm. You know, then he got to deal with the Cardinals, then came back. And again, man, Ted Ginn on special teams, dude. You kick that, that dude always got 10 yards positive on a punt return. Always. We watched a whole we ha- when was the last time we saw the Panthers advance the ball on a punt? Uh it's been a minute. Dude, listen, I have all these two bits of news that like that we you just brought up to me right here though, man. I actually think our defensive back coach that might I mean again, right. I, we have we have good players, but uh I think our defense, if you look at having young guys like CJ Henderson and JC Horn, uh, you know, I think it was it was good to have an aggressive passing game coordinator like that guy on our football team. Um, and so I think he's probably going to be missed. I think a lot of it is just actually going to be dependent on our new defensive coordinator. And if our defensive line is able to get pressure, I really expect our defensive backs to be able to get interceptions no matter what, just because of how athletic they are and how physical they are. Um, but I don't know. To me, it's like, why wouldn't you go and, you know, go to a football team that has some higher trajectories? You know, Pittsburgh made the made the uh, the playoffs. The Raiders mm-hmm. made the playoffs. It, it's like, you know, abandon this ship now, especially if Matt Rule is looking to save his job through free agency in the draft. <laughs> last uh, last point. Look, Bob Rose uh, coming to join us. Uh, join joining us. Uh, Bob Rose for the Saints News Network and uh, Bayou Blitz podcast going to come and help us talk, figure out why the heck um, Dennis Allen got the job and some other people didn't. Um, but the last point I wanted to make about these coaches leaving, and I thought someone said this that was interesting, are these uh, the offensive coaches leaving maybe just a sign that Ben McAdoo has a little bit more control over his staff? you know, of who he wants to put together. It's like, these aren't his guys, things like that. Um, I just, I, I really have a hard time with that. Um, I, I don't know. I, one of the things that we uh, continuously learn is that Matt Rule has a tremendous amount of say-so in how the Panthers operate. And uh, apparently, and I think this is probably as good a time as any to play this, um, Matt Rule has it in his contract that he has final say on roster decisions. And um, this is a short clip of Jonathan Alexander speaking to that. Matt, well, you know, Matt Rule has his contract that he has final say over roster decisions. Many of the decisions are at the direction of Matt Rule, and there were some decisions, uh, you know, that, that were mistakes, uh, you know, particularly, you know, trading away Teddy Bridgewater as early as possible, um, trading away Denzel Perryman, um, not drafting an offensive lineman or a quarterback when this class doesn't have them. Um, so I, I do think it would be benefit. It, I mean, it would be beneficial, you know, if, you know, Scott Federer and, and Dan Morgan, and, and they took a more collaborative approach than they've been taking, not saying that they haven't been collaborative, um, but I think more, uh, you know, on everybody to make these decisions um, and, and not make decisions that seem emotional uh, on the outset and, and, and looking at financial financial implications. Like Denzel Perriman, he had two years on his on his contract, and 
you know, he, you trade him away and, and now you're looking for a linebacker. And Denzel Perryman ended up being a pro bowler. So, you know, I think that it would benefit them with more collaborative approach uh, to this. And, Tony, on my Friday free-for-all, shout-out to Sports Nut, always keeping us in the know, in the loop. Uh, he linked to an article where it's like, the rumor mill is is that Matt Rule dips his fingers into any and every decision that the Panthers make, and it's basically him just throwing his weight around. Um, and, and that Scott Fitterer really doesn't have too much power as our GM, which, by the way, I maintain if I'm Scott Fitterer, I don't care how much of an upgrade it is. If I've been working my entire life to be a general manager somewhere, I'm, I'm not accepting a job to go play the yes man to a first year college hand coach who's trying to prove himself. So I don't want people to like completely like absolve Fitterer of this, but apparently multiple people think that Fitterer should have the reins. He should be in charge and in control of what the Panthers are doing. And um, not only does it not seem that way, but it seems as though Matt Rule and David Tepper take a very heavy-handed approach to the Carolina Panthers and how they want to build this football team. And does with an iron fist. Does the owner medal, does um, Scott Fitterer have enough power? Is Matt Rule running the show? The number is 252-228-5098. We want to hear your thoughts. But there's a lot of news going on throughout the NFL. Hey, guys, it's Super Bowl week. There are coaches uh, all across the league getting hired. There are coaches. Damn, the NFL is getting sued at this moment. Um, And on top of that, uh, in what seemed to be better news for the Carolina Panthers is that the New Orleans Saints, Sean Payton has fish lips, has retired. A man that, like, we all kind of, we just hate. We hate this dude because, and look, hate respect. It's respect, hate. You have thing. to. But fish have lips. To. He diced us up too like much. A little, he, fish lips. Said, I'm out of here. $70 million over the cap. I thought they were going to hire poor David Cully. We got to figure out what is going on with the New Orleans Saints. Cody Lashney, bring in Bob Rose, our friend, our good buddy. Bob, hey, Bob Rose. Pitsky, brother. Bob, what's up? Gentlemen, it's been too long. Happy belated holidays to you all. I, I hope everybody's doing well. How are you, sir? All right. So how about this? Is we just we are um at that point in the year where we have kind of we're starting to touch the bottom of the pool as fans, you know what I'm saying? Like, is that that's what you gotta do before you can come up, you gotta go touch the bottom of the pool. We're doing that, you know. I mean, the Super Bowl is here, the pressure of the water is on us. We've been watching these other teams, coaches, man. I mean, like we're trying to find any hopes of this and that. The Saints, Sean Payton retires or whatever, absconds in the middle of the night. That's fine. And don't worry, I don't expect you to be that mad at him. But now a hiring process has emerged in the NFC South. Tom Brady's retired. The Carolina Panthers still suck, but it could have been an opportunity. Eric Bieniemy. A hot, hot name interviews for eight fucking hours, <laughs> and then you guys uh, promote your defensive coordinator to head coach. Tell us what's going on in New Orleans. 
Uh, well, listen, I, I got to be on it. The, the Sean Payton stepping aside hurts a lot worse to me. It hurts a lot worse than when Drew, Drew Brees retired. Because with Brees, I kind of saw it coming. In my opinion, it was probably a year too late uh, you know, for Drew, uh, Drew to step aside. Uh, you know, Sean still looked energized on the sideline. Uh, you know, the, the man can still coach. You know, he did arguably his best coaching job this year, just keeping that team intact. Uh, you know, through the, all, all the adversity. So, yeah, it feels like it came out of nowhere. But I do give respect to the man. I mean, as a former coach myself, I do understand when it gets a little bit too much emotionally, too much mentally. Uh, I think we'll see Sean Payton back in the NFL uh, in some capacity, maybe not as coach, maybe as a general manager. Uh, I could see that. Uh, but, yeah, I, I respect the man for stepping aside. Uh, you know, the – he leaves the Saints with big, big questions, though. Still tons of talent in that building. Uh, I, like, I, I like the process that New Orleans went through uh, in, in interviewing their candidates. Uh, Mickey Loomis, the general manager, had said, uh, you know, we're not going to have second interviews with everybody, anybody. We're just going to have elongated first interviews, and then we might do a couple Zoom calls uh, you know, with the, uh, one or two candidates that we like the best. The enemy's eight hours. I agree with you. You know, it is ridiculous. Uh, but you know, they they met with Allen. I think for six hours, five or six hours, right. and they knew right. that man. Uh, you know, they met a while with Aaron Glenn too, and they really liked him. Uh, they, I loved all the candidates that they interviewed, but I think Dennis Allen was the had to be the favorite from the start, and it was his job to lose if he blew the interview uh, or showed some kind of disinterest. Uh, you know, pulled a Josh McDaniels on him or something like that. Uh, yeah, but I, I think Dennis is a good coach. Uh, he's got a lot of questions to answer, not only on that quarterback position, uh, but, you know, Mickey Loomis and company got to work that salary cap magic again. Uh, they got to, you know, they got to figure out who their quarterback is going to be and fill a couple offensive holes. And a lot of people, a lot of Saints fans are assuming, oh, you know, Dennis Allen, uh, you know, he, he's a Saints guy. Everything's going to remain the same. Mm-mm. No, it is not. Uh, that defensive staff is going to remain the same, as it should. This is one of the better units in the league. That offensive coaching staff is going to see a lot of changeover, though. You watch. So, uh, Bob, I'm, I'm going to ask you this question. Um, why is Home Team your favorite movie of all time, and how many times have you watched it? I finally, I, I finally got through the movie today. I've tried to watch it like three or four different times. Uh, but you know, when, when you got a toddler and you know and, and a puppy, uh, and you know and, and you're doing work like we all do, guys, uh, it's it, it not easy to get through. If you haven't watched it, it's an amusing movie. Uh, if you're a Sean Payton hater, it gave you a lot of ammunition to poke fun at the man. Uh, but Sean himself signed off on this and he himself did a cameo at the end. Uh, yeah. I'm glad I watched it. I'll probably watch it again, but I no, it's, it's nowhere near my favorite movie, <laughs> uh, but there, there were a lot of parts in it that make you lean back and go, yep, this is an Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, it definitely is. Oh, yeah. I, I was listen, I was pleasantly surprised. It's a family movie. If you have young yeah. kids or whatever, it's a, it's a good movie to watch, but on a more serious note, you know, the, the NFC South, uh, I feel like even two years ago, people were saying this is the best division in football with all of the talent you have and the quarterbacks you have. I mean, there was Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady one year. 
and now you're looking at an NFC South that is completely up for grabs. I mean, Tom Brady is out. No more Drew Brees. No more Sean Payton. The Falcons are the Falcons. I don't have to say anything more, right? right. So, so yeah. So it's like now going forward, I'm wondering. You know, you mentioned that offense. What is the offensive identity going to be going forward, and specifically related to the quarterback? Do you think there is a chance that you bring Jamison for another contract? I mean, I know the Saints have a weird cap situation going on right now, but do you maybe roll with Taysom Hill? I know that's not a very popular opinion. Or could the Saints potentially be in line to draft a quarterback this year? What do you think the Saints are going to try and do under center going forward? I Listen, I still believe that Jameis Winston is the favorite uh, the, the odds on favorite to be back in new Orleans and start, uh, you know, next year because of his relationship with Dennis Allen. Uh, and you know, we, we already said that, you know, there's going to be a lot of changes to the saints offense, but Jameis is still the most familiar guy other than maybe Taysom with the personnel that's going to be around him. The Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, that offensive line, et cetera. Uh, a lot's good. I think the Saints are going to be knocking on Seattle's door. Hey, what are you really wanting for Russell Wilson? Uh, yeah, and there might be some probing there. Uh, you know, Josh McDaniels, if you believe him, uh, you know, believe that professional liar. He says he likes Derek Carr, and the Derek Carr isn't going to be on the move. Uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be in play, uh, as I'm sure you guys know, because you're in almost the same situation as us quarterback wise. Uh, to me, Jameis is Jameis is a better quarterback than Garoppolo. He's not a better quarterback than Russell Wilson. Uh, and oh, I, of course, no, uh, yeah, uh, right. Water uh, is wet. You're right, and for, forget about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron's going to whine and cry and get the attention that he wants, but he ain't going, going anywhere. Going to Tennessee, either. bro. He's buying land in Tennessee right now, dude. And that's where I would go if I was a quarterback. Uh, well, do you right. think the Do you think the Saints have the means? to pull off a trade for Russell Wilson? And do you think he would go? Uh, I answer one question or a second question first. Yeah, I think he would go. Uh, you know, Russell, Russell likes the new Orleans area. Most importantly, his wife likes the, uh, the new Orleans, the Gulf coast area. Uh, and I do believe that the saints have the means. Uh, I mean, yeah, there, you don't see, you never saw Sean Payton saints, trade away many high draft picks unless it was to move way up in the draft. They never did it for a player, but this isn't Sean Payton Saints anymore. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson, whether you believe this or not, if Russell Wilson comes to New Orleans in the national media's eyes, all of a sudden, boom, the Saints are instant Super Bowl contenders again. Me personally, I still think they have some vital holes to fill, uh, but I think a Russell Wilson trade is possible. It all depends on what realistically Seattle is asking for him. I can't see New Orleans you know, giving away you know, three first-round draft choices and a second plus a third and a player or something ludicrous like that. Uh, but if Seattle's, if Seattle's asking for maybe two first-round picks uh, and a starting caliber player or a day-two pick uh, this year or next year, that's the kind of deal I could see the Saints making. So <clears> – <throat> Obviously, a, a couple of things. Uh, you know, I'll. I'll uh, I think the big elephant in the room is number one. Are, are you going to see? I, I want to ask this, but I want to preface because you, you were talking about the the trade idea. Number one, the trade. I mean, I guess the cap hell that you guys are in 
uh, is going to require, it feels like, for you to get rid of players, right? Like to trade, make a trade with another team to get rid of some of these guys. I mean, even with big-time free agents like Armstead coming off of the offensive line, like you guys are still in really bad shape with that 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 cap situation. So I, I, I want to ask about Kamara, but I want to ask this first, if you don't mind. Do you really feel like there is an opportunity for you guys, or do you think at this point in time it has to be kind of a rebuild mode because of the cap situation and the fact that do you really have the resources to afford the con- the the salary that Russell Wilson's going to have because it is a substantial one. Uh, yeah, substantial to say the least, and that's where I think uh, that that's why I personally don't think that the Saints are going to get Russell Wilson because as magical as uh, you know, Mickey and Mickey Loomis and Kai Hartley are at figuring out this cap thing, you know, a Russell Wilson's salary on top of what they already have to deal with inside the building salary cap wise, I think it's going to be too much for any any mus- uh, musician, well, any the- uh, any magician at all. Isn't the cap situation really a kicking the can situation that you guys have been doing for such a long time? Like at some point, it's going to get to a point where that can can't be kicked anymore. And I think that's one of the reasons you start seeing Sean Payton leave. You're seeing like, I think you're getting to that end like of like, all right, we've mortgaged the future and the future is now here. And we're in a position like, is there really much more you can do aside from getting getting rid of the the, the top people on your squad? And that leads me to my next question, which is. Alvin Kamara, you probably have a lot more in-depth in, in understanding about what's going on. Seems like a really serious situation, and I've seen players be removed from the league for less. And what are you guys hearing down in New Orleans? Uh, right now, we're on the edges of our seats, obviously. Uh, yeah, the Kamara situation looks really bad. Uh, especially Can you tell me what happened? Can you tell me what you know about the situation? Because, like, I have read a little bit about it. I saw after the Pro Bowl, some things happened, this and that. Tell us what you know about the Camara situation first. because, Or tell me, because I'm missing out a lot. Or I need to know, because I love this what, dude. What I know about the situation is that the day before, the night before the Pro Bowl, Camara. Uh, and you know his entourage, his posse, his hanger honors, you know, whatever you want to call them, a group of nine or ten guys that were with him uh, were, were in the club. Uh, you know, a couple girls were with him. Uh, you know, words were exchanged with this you know, with this guy uh, that, and I forget his name off the top of my head. He tried to the guy tried to follow Kamara and his people into the elevator. Alvin put his hand on the guy's chest to stop him. The guy, the, the accuser, says that all he did, if you were to believe all he did, was slap Kamara's hand away, and then he got jumped. Uh, yeah, and, and he really, he got the hell beat out of him. Uh, you know, Kamara was involved by his own admission, uh, you, know, with, uh, you know, with kicking and or punching the guy. Uh, you know, went to the hospital, hospital, and he reported the injuries. Uh, and you know, Kamara was uh, taken into question. Uh, and then taken into custody immediately after the Pro Bowl. Uh, you know, he surrendered, uh, he surrendered without incident, of course. How many, do you uh, know how many people were arrested other than him? I don't. I don't. And I'd be very that interested. Like, is that like, I mean, because then that kind of tells us is, is like group or individual type thing. Yeah, I think I was reading uh, an article and like 
it was very in-depth the investigation they did like they had the video like it's on video and that's the thing that's really? going to be it's yeah it's, that's that's the thing that's going to be the the downfall if there how is bad a downfall is it of, i mean nobody's seen like the video other than the police i don't think it's been released at this point if i, oh, I could be wrong oh, there bob okay. but um, but they have matched like basically they they got to the depth like they're like we matched the tattoos and alvin kamar like the the reporting right now is saying alvin kamar and i think that bob's right right there's there's instigation that probably takes place, but words don't necessarily translate to violence, and that's going to be the problem that Alvin Kamara has with the legal pro- the legal situation. And also, Alvin Kamara's recollection has been filled with inconsistencies as well. Like he said, he Both only threw one. Yeah. Po- yeah, he threw. He said, "I threw one punch," and they they show him throwing uh, substantially. I wouldn't say you know substantially what, more this punches. Is a group but, thing. Like, I don't know. I'm like not even feeling like this is. Hey, I have a picture of the, I have a picture of the guy. You want me, uh, You think it's okay? I mean, they like, broke oh, his God. they broke his cheekbone. Yeah, or his, um, his orbital bone was broken. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that happens when you get busted in the face, bro. Like, it's you know. not it's not that bad. I'll, I'll just go ahead. Yeah, and I I, I agree. I, I, uh, yeah, I mean, he got <laughs> jacked up. I mean, <laughs> so Ellison. But you the know what I'm saying? Like, is this is like that? I I want to hear like. I, I want to actually, I don't know. I've seen, look, I saw a, a Saints guy. Who was the guy that um, is says he's blackballed from the whole league? Junior Gallette, that psychopath. Yeah. Remember J- Junior Gallette on the beach with the belt? I seen that shit. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you got to do some real shit for me. I saw Jerry. Oh, anyway. All right. Um, Kamara. <laughs> Man, he's been like awesome. Video. Like, he's so great. He's so fantastic. <laughs> Um, are you worried about this? Are you really worried about this? Are you sure? It's worrisome. Uh, if you're a Saints fan or just a fan of Kamara himself, you have to take it as a bit of good news that there was a preliminary hearing scheduled for Tuesday uh, or uh, for Monday, excuse me, yesterday uh, that they postponed till March 8th. So you know, one would think if it's that serious and you know, that, that Vegas is looking at a potential felony here, uh, that they would want to get started on something right away on some kind of indictment. At least that's the way that I look at it. I'm not going to pretend to be a lawyer or anything like that. You got to be optimistic. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. So I, yeah, I do take that as a slightly good sign, but the reality is this, even if legal matters are dropped uh, and you know, the, the guy just takes some kind of payoff and, you know, there's been speculation that, that you know, he, he started with a guy uh, with a, with an NFL star because he saw dollar signs. Yeah, again, I'm not there, so I'm not going to accuse one way or another. But even if it's a situation like that, the league office now gets involved. Uh, yeah, and Goodell uh, and, and his cronies can suspend Kamara, even if Kamara doesn't see a day of j- jail time. We see that, guys. So I expect some some kind of league punishment at the very minimum to come down from this. But if you're asking me, are the Saints going to part ways with Alvin Kamara? Absolutely no, not. Nah. No, man, we're going to let this play out. All right, let me ask you this. Um, Let's go back to, real quick, to Brian Flores and what's going on with the NFL. So, um, Brian Flores wins eight straight uh, for the Dolphins. Uh, Matt Rule loses eight straight for the Carolina Panthers. Matt Rule keeps his job. Brian Flores is out on the streets. He's even been paid to throw games, supposedly. This and that. 
sues the NFL. All of a sudden, Peyton, uh, Sean Payton, like we talked about, retired, semi-retired, whatever it is, and all of a sudden this comes up. Brian Flores was one of the names that we talked about with enemy, this and that. Um, your thoughts on that? <laughs> That's it. Brian Flores for the job, this and that. Um, oh, and this is actually how I wanted, I wanted to frame it. I was talking to my friend John, um, police officer too. So, you know, cool. Actually, police chief of a, of a department of a, I'm not, unnamed unnamed person but he said this he's from new orleans my man said this he brought up a good point he said like uh look i know that family that owns the saints and they're very loyal loyal people like they like to hire within hire within and so he said that it was dennis allen's job to lose yep and i think you mentioned that earlier so like is that so if you could just tell us as you are living, you are following this team, what do you think about Flores, all of that in the context? And is he right about the, or not right? Is that um, something that maybe we don't think about when we're looking from the outside? It's something that we don't think about looking in from the outside. Uh, you know, especially as white males, uh, you know, let, let's just, let's just call a spade a spade. Uh, you know, Flores is absolutely right in his accusations. Uh, you know, as far as as far as the league hiring policies, uh, and a, a man or woman, uh, and not only the NFL but any profession should be based off of merit and qualifications, not overlooked because of the color of their skin. Uh, you know, their sexual orientation, whatever. You know, we're talking color of skin here. Sure, uh, sure. And it is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you know, the, the number or lack of number of you know, minority coaches of you know, not just black, but any minority coaches in the NFL. And I'm not just talking head coaches. Uh, you know, there's an astonishing lack of uh, minorities in assistant positions as well. Uh, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, the, the lack of minorities in general management positions. And it's absolutely ridiculous. I'm afraid that Flores might very well be you know, falling on the sword. Uh, as far as his own career is concerned. But we do know for a fact that he informed both the Saints and the Texans before he interviewed with them that he was going to sue the league, and this is why. Uh, And to both Houston's and New Orleans' credit, they did go go through their interviews. Uh, And I I think Brian Flores is a good coach. He would have made a fine candidate to everybody that New Orleans did. I I, uh, interviewed, I really liked. Uh, I hope that Flores gets back into coaching. I, I hope that he's not blackballed. I hope he gets one hell of a settlement from this. Uh, and most of all, and most importantly, I hope that the league's hiring policies actually change. Uh, and it's a shame that we even have to have this conversation because in a perfect world, it would never be even a conversation to be had. Oh, yeah, you know, I, uh, you know, I picked this candidate over this candidate because I thought they were better, not because of the color of their skin. I guess what I, my last point about that is, do you think that for some of the people around the league um, that are looking at this and trying to find the racial connotations or whatever, which I think totally exists, but does is there anything to that uh, idea that Dennis Allen, that the 
New Orleans organization kind of wanted to appoint from within from the beginning. Like, oh, is that their style? Is that their style, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yes. Uh, yeah, and Mickey Loomis, uh, yeah, the general manager, made it a point of that right out of the gate of the process uh, that we do like to hire w- within. We love the culture that Sean Payton and the rest of us help build here, and we don't see any reason to change it. Uh, is, he a patsy? is he a patsy, though? Is no. Dennis Allen a patsy? No quarterback, no money, no nothing. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, we call this poor David Cully. My, me and my buddies, we call this. Is that poor David Cully got the te- Texans with no Deshaun Watson, went out there and did better than anyone expected, got fired. Why don't you – they said this is my friend, and I got to give somebody else credit for this. Stephen Igo sent my buddy this this text. He said, oh, man, I heard Sean Payton quit with $70 million under over the cap. And know this and that. He said, I bet you David Cully gets this job. <laughs> right? It's exactly. like, I mean, he's a patsy. Like, is is Dennis Allen a patsy? No, absolutely not. Okay. Uh, it, there okay. are several contracts on the Saints that can be restructured. Uh, and you look at the talent. And I, I realize that's still kicking the can down the road. But, hey, until you run, until you're kicking that can up against a brick wall and you have absolutely positively no more room to maneuver, then why wouldn't you continue to do that? And that's where the Saints are at. All these big clients, you know, what, what they're doing, uh, and you know, you're actually starting to see other teams begin to do it too. They're signing these younger stars, the Ramchecks, the Lattimores, the Mike Thomases, the Camaras, to big contracts, uh, and then the very next year restructuring them adding voidable years, you know, BS like that. And I, you know, I say it's BS because it is, you know, they are voidable years because they're imaginary, they're imaginary contract years. The players are still going to get their money. So uh, be more worried about Saints ownership than, than, uh, than you would be about the salary cap because Loomis and Harley are going to figure out ways around that. Uh, you're going to see a couple players cut, but you know, nobody of really any huge significance uh, yeah, probably the biggest thing I see leaving New Orleans this offseason is going to be Malcolm Jenkins uh, as far as guys under contract. Everybody else has room on their deals to restructure, switch it into a signing bonus, which really doesn't affect your cap a whole lot, just comes straight out of the owner's pocket. When you think about it, it's a genius way to operate, uh, yeah, but it's something that's going to put your franchise itself into a whole lot of financial hardship at some point. I don't see that point being yet. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Bob, got one question for you, man. Um, okay, so you guys, we've established you're kind of looking for an identity with your franchise moving forward. It sounds to me like you're talking about Winston might be the quarterback in the future. Uh, y'all are drafting 18th, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Is there anybody that, well, what I want to know, who do you like? wish would fall to you and who realistically do you think you guys are kind of looking for? Is there any prospects out there, guys you think you guys need to uh, either, well, I don't want to say move up for because we're thinking about 18. Is there any guys you think that the Saints need to draft? You're the GM. Who are you picking? I, I, you're talking quarterback? I'm Anybody. talking any position for whoever you think is the best move for the Saints right now. Wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Did I mention wide receiver? Okay. Uh, 
obviously, if the Saints don't get their quarterback in free agency, uh, you know, either signing a free agent, re-signing a guy like Winston, trading for a guy like Wilson, they're not going to go into the t- uh, 2022 with Taysom Hill. So if they don't get their man in free agency or via trade before the draft, then you're going to see the Saints draft the first-round quarterback because you have zero option at that point. Right. Uh, but if I'm right, and you know, if it's a Winston or a, 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 another guy that falls to him, a Garoppolo or a guy they feel comfortable with, <clears throat> then if you're the Saints, you got you have to go wide receiver. After the abysmal performance of that unit this past year, I realize that Michael Thomas being out you know, is going to hurt any team. But Thomas missing the season absolutely crippled this team. Uh, and that's I, I don't criticize Sean Payton for much, but I was highly critical of him all season for ignoring the wide receiver spot the last four or five years. Uh, you know, you, you no longer had a Drew Brees in his prime. So therefore, you no longer had a quarterback that could make an average guy good, a good guy great and a great guy elite. So, you know, you need those guys to operate under on their own merits. Thomas can do that. Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris, uh, they're good receivers, but they're not number two guys. You need to get a number two guy. My favorite receiver in the draft coming in uh, is Chris Olave out of Ohio State. But Garrett Wilson, the other Buckeye, uh, Traylon Burks from Arkansas, uh, Drake from USC, uh, even Bell, David Bell from Purdue is a late first round guy. All those guys would be great additions to the Saints. I wouldn't overlook the need a defensive tackle or safety if they cannot re-sign or franchise tag Marcus Williams. Uh, but if I'm the general manager and Dennis Allen, I'm tar- I, I intend on getting my quarterback through free agency, even if I have to trade for him. Uh, and then I'm gunning for a wide receiver in the first round of the draft. Okay. Yeah, I don't think you guys you, – uh, Michael Thomas is the only guy you guys have drafted in the last four years. Right? He's like, well, no, you had one seventh rounder, I think. You guys haven't. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they drafted Kwon Baker in the seventh round. Uh, they also drafted Traquan Smith. Uh, yeah, if you uh, uh, if you like that pile of you know what, uh, uh, in uh, in twenty eighteen. Okay, so yeah, wide receiver. Okay, you muted. You're Tony. muted, Tony. Uh, did you say franchise tag for Armstead? No, I think I think Teron Armstead is going to walk. I think that's a that's an area where the uh, Saints believe that they have in-house candidates to fill mm-hmm. the position, uh, or could draft a you know day day two guy. If they're going to use a franchise tag, it's going to be on Marcus Williams free safety. Can I ask so, you a, one more question before? Uh, yeah, dude, I got one more that I want to get in you here. Um, I think one thing, and I, again, not trying to say, you know say that you guys are going to have a like. It's not going to happen, right? Because, I mean, you guys have created a cap miracle over the past, you know, really four years. Um, when every year it feels like there was nothing you guys can do, you found a way to get under the cap and move on. But I think there was a different scenario. You had Sean Payton. You had Drew Brees. Like, I feel like when you have that, you have guys that are going to be willing to maneuver things. They're going sure. to be willing to change and restructure and, I know restructure doesn't always mean a pay cut, but it also can mean, you know, a potential loss of income later on, right? You know, there's, they, they, I think when you have a contender, then that that happens. Jameis Winston, I don't think, is going to be somebody who is going to say, make people feel like, you know what, I'm going to stick with the Saints because of this. Do you have a fear that not having a Sean Payton or a Drew Brees or really a, a franchise quarterback 
uh, at least as of now, is going to limit your ability to actually do those miracle cap maneuverings? Or do you really believe that there's there's limited, you know, there's there's going to be, are we all going to be in awe again of of the 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 the, the cap miracle that is the Saints? I I lean towards uh, you know making the rest of the league a little bit in awe. Because yeah, yeah, you mentioned Breeze and his willingness to restructure. Now that's been key over the years. Uh, but they still have those guys. They still have Cam Jordan, Demario Davis. You know, Marshawn has restructured. Uh, Lattimore has restructured a couple of times. Uh, you know, uh, Anya Mata, Ram are now in positions to restructure. They still have that unselfish, uh, you know, that unselfish core of leadership in the locker room. Now, getting a quarterback that the team feels that they can win with long term is going to be key. Yeah. Uh, you know, because like you said, if you're a player and you have a big contract that, you know, you keep saying, OK, I'll restructure. OK, I'll restructure. It's probably because your eye is on winning. Right. Right. So now if your team ignores the quarterback position uh, or, or brings in a guy that you don't believe, in, you're probably not going to feel like that this team is set up to win in the long term. Uh, and if you're a Cam Jordan who's going to be 32 years old, uh, you know, the the end of your career is closer than the beginning. You might not be willing to uh, you know, to to restructure so fast now. So that's why I agree with you. I think quarterback and making a move at quarterback early uh, and decisively is going to set the tone for this entire offseason because then is when you're going to see the rest of the dominoes fall wow. into place. Look at that. I agree. So, Bob, my final question for you tonight. Is why is Eli Apple such a disrespectful shithead? Oh but, yeah, tell us all so, about so, this. Yeah, yeah, man, dude. He I had, need to know all he about had this. Bars for fans of the New York Giants. He had. Uh, he said that the Giants fans and the Saints fans are the worst fans in the NFL, and uh, eating all that crawfish is destroying your brains. And I on just, top of that, somebody I, I, else, I like know. one of the Saints uh, players, came after, uh, came at him. Uh, it was Can Chauncey Gordon. Imagine that. Uh, Eli, I'm disappointed. Tell us about um, this. I want to know what 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 is this? What give us the story? All right. Uh, uh, first of all, it, Eli's mother Annie has run oh, his yep. career. Very well. She's very spoken on the internet. We know that she said the least. Uh, and there was actually some speculation that Annie was running Eli's account, and Eli actually didn't Ooh. say those things. Uh, uh, Smart. Oh my God. See, this is why I asked. All right. Uh, come on. Give I'm us the juice. I, I'm not saying that I believe that's the case, except I'm saying I believe Could that's be. the case. Could be. I'm disappointed because uh, because I while the entire Saints fan base turned on Eli Apple when he was still here, I was one of his last supporters in the media uh, because I, you know, I thought he played relatively well uh, until he completely lost his confidence. Uh, yeah, I, I, my issue is if I'm a Bengals teammate of his uh, and, and in that locker room right now, and you guys had Eli you know, in Carolina for a little bit. So you, you, you've been he literally nothing. Uh, he never put, yeah, he just, yeah. Uh, he got cut before the, he played. Before the damage, right? Uh, if I'm a Bengals teammate, I'm pissed at Eli because I'm like, hey, guys, yeah, dude, we're supposed to be concentrating on a game. Uh, you know, we're in a place that this franchise, the Bungles, have ne- you know, not been in any of their lifetimes. 
uh, and you know you're spouting off about teams that you already played for. Uh, yeah, that just that shows you where Eli. Why is he upset? Why is it, what's he what's he upset about? I have no idea because I mean you know you're cutting off your nose to spite your face because Eli is scheduled to be a free agent again at the end of this year. And uh, not that anybody expected him back in New York or back in New Orleans, right. uh, but but you want to make him an attractive. You, you want to be more attractive than right, not. right, well, you, exactly. You don't want a guy who's just talking shit about your organization every time he leaves. Like it's every single organization that he's been a part of that he's talking about. Uh, right, exactly. It'd be different if he was just head hunting uh, on New Orleans or just head hunting on New York. Uh, yeah, because he had an awful time in New York. Uh, yeah, he he blasted them on the way out. Uh, 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 on the way out of the Giants. Yeah, do you remember? Um, my all right. So my boy Nick Falata, he told us that one of the other players. What did he call him? Like he called him like basically like a bi. Like he called him a bitch. Like straight up in the uh, like, and he was like, "This dude is a, like his own teammate." I think it was the guy that um, who did uh, Rivera sign. He was a strong safety. He plays for the Washington football team. He came from. Was it Landon? Was it Landon Collins? Yes, Landon Collins. Yeah, I think it was Landon Collins. They just called him a bitch. Like in a radio interview, he said, Eli Apple's a bitch, like basically. And that was like, it was like, uh oh. And uh, Eli Apple's troubles go all the way back to Ohio State. Uh, I mean, you know, he he was teammates with a lot of those Saints. You know, Michael Thomas, Lattimore, Von Bell. Oh uh, yeah. One of the stories is that you know, that Thomas was beating Apple so badly every day in practice, multiple times. Uh, you know that that Apple just lost it, and the co- you know, the the coaches had to bench Eli or put him on somebody else intentionally in practice because they were afraid that his confidence was going to get destroyed. That's how fragile this guy is. Uh, and, you know, and then, then he goes, like you guys said, you know, then he goes, you know, doing that on the edge of free agency. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not a, not a smart career move to say the least. Definitely. Bad not. apple. He's a bad apple is what some people would say. I don't know. All right. Um, Man, Bob, I thank you so much for giving us, you being so generous with your time tonight. Um, you're always a great friend of ours and a great friend of the show, a great friend of mine, personally. John Williams, when I got these mad, crazy messages, I was like, I said, I said, this don't sound like Sean. And the Facebook message back came in and said, it is Sean. And I was like, I swear, this morning I was sitting on the pooper and I was like, who is the Saints? My response to them was, who is the Saints head coach right now? Their current head coach. And the other, and then they just it just put blocked. And I was like, hacked. Hacked. Oh, yeah. All right. So uh tell Sean, man, uh I said hello and thanks for giving us your time tonight. Tell them how they can find your work. And guys, thank you so much for having me on. I know we're gonna get together a few times this offseason. We always do around the draft. Yes, yeah, uh, no but- kidding. Uh, it's always an honor and privilege to be on with you. Uh, if you want to follow my work, you can do so over on Facebook. Uh, just look for Bob Rose, uh, and this ugly mug is my profile pic. Uh, I'm over on Twitter, at BobbyR2613. And all of my work, which uh, unfortunately, guys, is uh, all centered around the New Orleans Saints. Uh, but uh, I do all my work through the Saints News Network, at Saints News on Twitter, 
and we do all the publications for uh, the SI.com, SportsIllustrated.com team channel for the New Orleans Saints. My man, awesome. man. Thanks, for awesome, having, Bob. thanks for coming on tonight, man. Bob Rose, folks, check him out. Hey, um, Bob. Man, I'm telling you, Bob's been coming on the show for like 10 years now. Yeah. Well, actually, maybe not 10 years, maybe like eight years. We're we're close to 10 years, guys. Um, starting Gotta do something major for that. 13. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. You know what? That means it's a time for celebration. It's a time where Panthers freaks and weirdos come from all across the globe to gather in the C3 chat room so they can come and get shamed like the nasty SOBs they are. <laughs> CK, why don't you talk to them? Oh, hello there. You've shown up tonight. You said, we're watching two teams that aren't the Carolina Panthers playing the Super Bowl, and I'm still going to tune in to a podcast about the Carolina Panthers? You sat there and listened to a lot of talk about the New Orleans Saints. Not a single time did we talk about the Carolina Panthers. You're still here, but you haven't hit the like button yet? I don't know what you're doing with your lives. I have one thing to say to all of you. Subscriber shame. Subscriber shame. 112 people watching. 64 thumbs up. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe Hit that notification bell for every single time we go live. You know we're going to be bringing you draft content, free agent content, Friday free-for-alls every Friday at 7 p.m. that you can join yourself. And on Tuesday nights like tonight, where you can come and hang with the boys and talk about your favorite football team. Tony Dunn, what do we have on the docket? Uh, I think it's time to get into some cat calls. You can be a part of the C3 Panthers podcast by dialing in at 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Think about this. Today's date is 2-8-2022. I felt like we can make that phone number out of that. That is 252-228-5098. Let's get into the cat calls. We want to hear what you're thinking about when it comes to the Carolina Panthers, the New Orleans Saints, the NFL, all of this, let us know. So what are your thoughts on catcalling? Yeah, it's pretty You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good like a three and a four. Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Too loud? Sounds a little loud? No. 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 good? No. Good afternoon, boys. Baby Rhino here, Jamestown, North Carolina. Baby uh, Rhino. Give you guys a call uh, first. Uh, everybody hit that like button. Mm, uh, mm, mm, mm. These guys appreciation for what they do every every week. In and Thank out. you. Thank you, bro. Appreciate uh, it, Rhino. Thoughts on all this news coming out about uh, Malik Willis and, and um, Kenny Pickett. I don't know which way we go. Do we go offensive line in the, in the free agency or we do it in the draft and then vice versa? Do you get a quarterback in the free agency or in draft OL? Well? I don't know. I just wanted you guys' thoughts on that. Keep it up, guys. Keep pounding. This is your call, Cody. Your yeah, call. You like the senior bowl? Yeah, Tell us about dude. Malik Willis. Go ahead. Yeah, man. So, listen. 
be on the lookout for drafttech.com tomorrow because, uh, spoiler alert, I have us taking Malik Willis with the six pick in the draft. That on early? Draft Tech. I do. And you know why? I mean, tell me, listen, pat your own self on the back. You were the one saying that there is no way that Matt Rule could just take a normal offensive lineman or, you know, a linebacker or whatever that Matt Rule, frankly, needs a player that could potentially help save his job. And by far, the quarterback in this draft with the highest ceiling and the most physical tools that translate to an elite NFL quarterback, that would be Malik Willis, the quarterback out of Liberty. This guy has it all, Tony. He has an incredible arm. I believe they clocked him throwing a 78-mile-an-hour football the dude is he has an absolute bazooka attached to his shoulder he's built like a running back he will be absolutely lethal well, Matt Rose in those, too short. in those in those rpo run pass option to, uh kind of scenarios i i really do think malik willis is a tremendous talent and he's a chess player so he's a nerd at heart he loves learning he loves strategizing seeing the football field People are going to knock him from the amount of uh, for the amount of talent that he had around him, and that he didn't have a lot of NFL players around him. So he kind of played superhero ball a lot more than he should have. But I think if you give him some time to learn and ingratiate himself to the NFL schedule, I think we could have a really good quarterback on our hands. His stock is certainly climbing, for sure. While uh, Kenny Pickett was not. It's falling um, after this Pro Bowl, at least in the first couple of practices. But just to go back to Malik Willis momentarily, interestingly, Matt Rule is so about the measurables. He's a little short, but this guy's got the intangibles, it seems like. Right? Uh, six foot and, one. So yeah, he's, he's not, not he's, like, but, he's not yeah, I mean, he's no, he's undersized for quarterback. He would, if look, if you're gonna say, "Hey, Brady Christensen can't play left tackle because his arms are a half inch too short," then being three inches too short at quarterback is not an uptick here. But I got to tell you this: is that um, Malik Willis slating the interviews for me? His personality, his charisma, asking questions back to the like. I mean, I'm telling you, this guy is ready for the spotlight. He is. He's he is. ready and, for the spotlight. You know, there was even reports. Uh, forget what you heard at the at the Senior Bowl. There were reports. Who knows if they were verifiable or not? That the Panthers were enamored with Kenny Pickett throughout sure. the entire process. So again, you know, we, we might we, we might want to go ahead and call this now. We might all end up potentially getting our hopes up for a guy like Malik Willis, just for them to potentially take Kenny Pickett. And by the way, I don't hate Kenny Pickett as a quarterback either. I would prefer him uh, more than I would have Matt Jones last year for his ability to make throws on the run. But I I do think uh, Malik Willis is somebody that could certainly be an option for the Panthers at six, especially considering most of the quarterback conversations starts with the Carolina Panthers. Those are the teams that are needed one. The number is 252-228-5098. Next call. I think. Come on. Play. 
What's good, T3? What's good? What's up, Anthony? Anthony? called in like once yep. or twice. Good name. Um, after looking at, like, watching Joe Burrow um, really just wants me, wants, the, wants me to want the Panthers to draft, you know, Malik Willis or someone or Kenny Pitt or just something new. I, I feel I, I just feel like if we have Sam Darnold for this next season, it's just going to be a fucking tank season, and nobody's going to want to watch that shit. <laughs> Maybe the O line is closer than we think, so I think it's better to spend our first pick on maybe a franchise type talent to help us, you know, maybe actually win some games. And I know the defense was not number two by any means. I went to all eight home games. I mean, Washington made us look like or embarrass our defense. And there's been like countless other games. Tom Brady spat on us for 41 the last week of the season. I know it's the last week, but that's just an example. So like, yeah, we need we need a quarterback. So I, I appreciate what y'all are doing. Keep pounding Panther Nation. Hopefully we'll have something to look forward to too. So you're right, is that it is um, difficult when these home spankings are occurring. CK, um, Nick. Oh, by the way, I was going to put in the sound. Is Nick Montiero. Montiero. Um, long Montero. Montero. Is that how you yeah. say it? He let me say it wrong forever. And I'm like, why? I hate it when people mispronounce my Montero. Montero. He says that? He told you that? Yeah, it says About it's Nick me? Montero. Montero. I'm not calling Mick Montero. I don't care. No, Mick. <laughs> Mick now I'm calling Mick he Montero. Either, by the way. Nick Montero. Um, but it's gonna come from Boston down here, right? From not from but from Massachusetts. These cats, Josh from Mass, they make this trek. CK, mm-hmm. he's already he's messaging me about going to this game next year. A okay. game next year. Think about this. This man went to eight home games. How do we pick it right now? You know, as fans, and not the game, but, like, how do we get motivated? He's coming from fucking Massachusetts, bro. I'm just trying to come from Greenville. What do we do? How do we get amped for next year I mean, go to a game? Here's the thing, and uh, I don't know why. I have no reason to. Like, at the end of this season, this past season, I had zero hope. And I have literally no logical reason to tell you this. But I have hope again for some fucking oh, reason. Oh man, we're for back. For some reason, we're like, back. I'm, for some reason, I'm sitting here thinking like maybe we are. Maybe it's the Bengals. Maybe seeing the Bengals oh, do what they've done okay. has like, allowed anything's for, possible. Yes, yeah, so kind of given a sense of like you know what maybe maybe it isn't isn't something that I you know am going to look at and say is it going to happen? Probably, probably not. Let's be real, right? But I have optimism and. uh and I think right now I want to play some. I want to go to some games until uh, right. until I have nothing to, to. Let's give to them our for. money. Honey. Yeah, yeah. That's my thought. All That's right. we're going to a game next year. Then mm. I haven't been to a game since 2019. Mm. I think now two seasons, longest I've been in 18 years. Wow. I think what CK was describing is what we call fandom. 
you know, because because it's always there's always yeah. that hope there. I, I know I've been talking shit all year and, and I realistically don't think that we have a shot in hell at anything. But I think back at things like you said, the Bengals and even like 2015, say what you want about Calvin Benjamin, but his rookie year was better than Julio Jones rookie year. So going into that, I was all I was hopeful he went down and I had no hope at all. And you saw what happened. So. We're definitely not mm-hmm. pieces like 2015. I'm just Anything. Saying, this I, I is a gambler. I, I feel that too. I like wonder how many hot takes there were back in 2014 or 15, whenever it was we drafted Benjamin. I wonder how many bad takes there were of people were like, oh, Kelvin Benjamin is an Oh, a bazillion. Oh, All right. How about this? I'll give you one. I'll give you one. I think that was the first year we did the draft party. I think that was the first year we did the live draft party. And I have been, uh, and I have been right, you know, I'm trying to get a website going. I was like over trying to do all this and I didn't know anything. I didn't scout. Like I was trying to study and learn these players, but I found this kid that I loved. I fell in love with this draft pick. His name was Alan Robinson. I fell in love and I wrote and wrote about him. I was like this and that. And the Panthers pick Kelvin Benjamin and then Allen Robinson goes like two, like a round later. And I was like, I was so pissed when we picked Kelvin Benjamin that people were making fun of me. Um, what was his name? God, what was his name? He's, he used to do a lot of YouTube shit. He still does, I think. But he was all on my ass. He was like, oh, Kelvin Benjamin got a thousand yards. Kelvin Benjamin got that. He was all on my ass for like a year after that. Just one. Yeah, I know. And I was still, I was all about that Allen Robinson joint. I was so pissed. Go back and watch every draft show, folks. I don't know if I've ever been happy about a draft pick. That's crazy. I know. Yeah, now that I think about it, not in the first round. I got to tear up about it. Like last year with J.C. Horn, I was like, oh, I wanted, you know what I'm saying? Last year was probably the closest. Where I've just been like, oh, that I think Christian McCaffrey is the closest that some people thought that they knew it was going to be Christian McCaffrey and wanted to be Christian McCaffrey. But other than that, no one in since we have had a draft pick since Cam has been like, fuck yeah, star, star Lotulale, maybe. Oh, yeah, flu got you, got you. All right, let's go to the next call. Hey guys, it's Joey. What's up, Joey? Um, and like, so there apparently there seems to be coaching. Uh, you know, people are just you know jumping, jumping ship, going other places to coach. And honestly, I don't blame them because do you really want to, if you're if you're an underling in the NFL and you're trying to get a leg up and you're trying to advance up the court, uh or the corporate ladder, as it were, would you really want Matt Rule to be your to be your boss? I would want Matt Rule to be my boss, and I ain't no football coach. Because he, he's disingenuous. I mean, we, we the fans are picking up on his disingenuousness. Even, even we are finding this out. So, Matt, if we know... And we believe that he's disingenuous based on what he puts out to the public. Then imagine what the coaches that are leaving know. And imagine 
the type of bullshit that he spewed to them. And that is their word, and they think the writing's on the wall for Matt Lewis. And they don't want to be caught up in that. And they're smart. Uh, I like the Paul Pasqualoni hire. I don't know who the hell this dude is, but I'm half Italian, so I can make all the mafia jokes I want. Nice. Like, what, and what is it with us liking to hire mafia names? We first had Kristen Balboni as a sideline reporter. Now we have Paul Pasqualoni. Who, and don't forget way, Dave Gettleman. The original gangster. With a name like Pascaloni, you know, never know. Anyway, guys. <laughs> nice, Joey. And, hey, Greg, I'm going to let you take this one. Before you do, David, I have not actually read it yet. That is 100% on me. I said I would. We'll do it now. Dave Screws with the $2 says, do you Thank think you. rule is in this all for the money? And that kind of, you know, that's actually kind of perfect timing. I feel like that kind of even ties into to Joey's call a little bit. But thanks, David, for the $2. And Greg, the floor is yours. Yeah, uh, you know, Joey's point here is the very similar to a point with players. We have a slightly more of an advantage with coaches here than we do with players. With players, we're a very small market, so the money means a lot more. They want endorsements. They want stuff like that. You're not going to get that here in Carolina, whereas coaches, you don't have to worry about that as much. But, yeah, I, I do think that, that that's exactly what the coaches are doing is, is they're leaving a team or they're, they're leaving uh, bailing out on a team they have no future with that they don't feel like they can progress themselves with. If you're strung to a team or tied to a team that is consistently losing and you're part of that team, your name's on that, you're stamped on that, that's going to follow you your whole career. You don't want to be a part of that. And, yeah, I think they're seeing the writing on the wall. We've been saying it all year about Matt Roy, at least I have, and the, the Hill's gotten really, really full. Nobody wants to play for him. He's lost the locker room. He's lost the team. And that's why coaches are leaving. I agree. Yeah. And then, you know, D Dave asked, is Matt Rule in this for money? And I mean, I kind of think that he's just in this for an ego thing right now to prove to everyone in the NFL how much he knows, how good of a head coach he is. And frankly, if we're being honest about money, he probably could have gotten more money, and it was reported that he actually said this to the team. Who knows if that isn't true? But he probably could have gotten more money going back to college and being a head coach somewhere. Um, it would have been interesting if Harbaugh actually left to see what he would have done, you know? Yeah. All right, let's go to the next call. What's up, CP? Oh, yes. No, no. Fighting off COVID. But, I mean, I don't know which way we go. Did we go for the quarterback or offensive line? I don't know. I don't think we should go for quarterback. I think we should go for a strong offensive line player. And we um, work our best with getting some, um, probably some later, um, Picks, maybe. But honestly, I don't know which way we go. Hopefully, we pick the right path. Um, we didn't really pick the right path last year, but hopefully, we pick this year um, a good path and we play our best game coming up this um, in a couple of months. In a couple, yeah, months. And yeah, um, keep pounding C3. Um, 
Keep pounding. Keep pounding, Noah. And hey, man, get over COVID, dude. You sound like a warrior. We already know you are, man. <laughs> get better. Get healthy. And uh, yeah, no one, no one blames you for taking some time off. Everybody needs to sometimes get away from the things that we love to grow even fonder of it, you know? Um, and yeah, there's a lot of things that we could potentially do going forward. I think if you were to ask most Panther fans, they would say either of two things. Go offensive line or take a quarterback if you feel like you have the player there that you like. But perhaps more popular than both of those is many people want us to trade down like Scott Fitterer showed a propensity to do last year and trade down, acquire more picks, and potentially build your team with more and more players. That, in my opinion, um, is a possibility for the Carolina Panthers. But I also remember when Fitterer talked about he views the first-round talents from pick one to 16. And specifically, if you're picking on the t- in the top 10, you're talking about drafting a potential game changer for the Carolina Panthers. Mm-hmm. So it's a real mystery right now as to what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to have to wait until free agency plays out before we know for sure. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's go to the next call. Hey, what's good, fellas? It's Corey calling in. Um, Corey. I'm listening to this past Tuesday show, and I wanted to give a quick little take on the uh, on the Pro Bowl. I, I know I'm usually like a like a week late with calling in on a topic, but I'll be listening to the podcast on my way to work and and uh, going to work. So it takes like a full week to, to a whole episode. But uh, but anyway, as far as the Pro Bowl goes, man, it it, it really don't honestly the Pro Bowl it be getting people like heated and, and up in arms every single year, man. But Honestly, it just, it really doesn't deserve our attention like that, man. Like, players care about the Pro Bowl and, like, like you guys mentioned, to get bonuses on their contract. But, like, even in the aspect of, like, looking at a player's whole career, like, like looking at their Pro Bowls isn't going to take them over the top. Like, it's not going to – it's not you're not going to have a friend's Hall of Famer and say, oh, shit, well, he made seven Pro Bowls, you know, he's going to get in. It's like all pro teams are a little bit more – they're a lot more indicative of – who's actually the best player, right? That's like, you got guys like Stephon Gilmore. It's like, okay, he didn't deserve to make the Pro Bowl, but he was just named, or he was just um, announced, right? And that was like weeks after they announced Brian Burns. Whenever you got guys announcing they go to the Pro Bowl weeks and weeks later, it's because they were like a third or fourth, fifth alternate. Like, all these guys opted out to go. Like, Tom Brady made all these Pro Bowls. I haven't seen Tom Brady play in a Pro Bowl since I was like eight years old, right? He like, he never goes to them. It's like, you know, once you're, after you know, unless you're like a young guy trying to like prove your name and and and, and your 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 national, um, I guess recognability. I don't know what the fuck would I just try to say that, but it, it's really not that big of a deal, man. But I'm having the second part of my call. I wanted to talk about something else too. <laughs> you're muted. You're muted, Tony. Say something. Wow. <laughs> Your reaction was heated, bro. Yeah. Well, I was waiting the, for you to talk. All right. All right. Well, let's go to part two of the call then. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, Corey calling in again. I, I wanted to give a take as, as draft talk starts to heat up, man. And I'm yep. seeing more and more people mock it. Um, I don't I don't want Kenny Pickett, bro. I don't want no parts of little baby hands, Kenny. 
not even just because of the hands. I I don't I don't want him with the number six pick. I don't even want him if we trade back and draft him in the second round. Like I don't want our like I don't want him to be the future quarterback of Panthers. I don't I don't see it, man. I don't like quarterbacks. I don't like one year wonder quarterbacks, man. Like those guys who who come in and and they've been in the same system. I think where he's right, the same man. Team, I'm starting to agree with him. And they have him. this breakout year the last year before they hop. I'm the starting draft. to agree with and him. Then, you know, it's not even a breakout league, year. Like, I don't really know, man. The success rate for those doesn't really pan out. It's like Joe Burrow. He was a he it was, was a breakout year. Wonder, but he was coming from you know a, a bigger yeah. program, uh, not bigger right, program, right. but I would say where he wasn't getting the burning deserved. And, and he's he got like a better. Ken Dorsey, Ken Dude, bro. He was a one year wonder. Obviously, he was coming from junior college, so he couldn't show his 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 talent on a national stage like that. I'm talking about guys like Kenny Pickett. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, man, but like, didn't his last two years as a starter, he threw 13 touchdowns. Like the the two years previous, like he threw 42 touchdowns a year. He had great, he got great stats. But I'm looking at him. He had like 13 touchdowns and nine picks the two years prior. And it's like you played at Pittsburgh, then you were in the ACC. What the, what the hell's going on? Like I don't want you now because 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 you had this big breakout year. It's like what I I'm not a huge college guy, but like let me know was the was the talk bubbling with Kenny Pickett before when he was a sophomore or junior. Were they saying, was he an NFL quarterback then? He just had to put stuff together? Or is it just like a one-year like wonder thing where he showed up all of his talent? I don't know, man. But I, I, I'm just not really seeing it. Like, honestly, I, I don't want this. I don't think he's a, 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 a franchise guy. Like, I, like if we draft mm-hmm. him in the fifth round, maybe cool. I'm going to stop the call there just uh, to go on yep. to – or actually for that part. Um, I think uh, – who was it? There was a Bill Polium came out i think it was bill polian that said there wasn't a starting quarterback in this draft yeah i I mean people are down on this draft and i don't necessarily think that's true um look like i said my my personal evaluation is i feel that pickett is a better quarterback than you know than basically what he's given credit for Hmm. i mean he threw 42 touchdowns seven interceptions to me he's a well-rounded quarterback um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that he has the highest ceiling, but he has that escapability. He has the ability to make plays on the run, make throws from outside the pocket, and he does have a little bit of that bravado to his game. He's not afraid to put his shoulder down and and get dirty and, and get aggressive. Now, he's not going to knock your hair back um, with any of his throws. He's not a tight window thrower necessarily. But he does have some zip on the football. Um, I don't know. It, it's such a weird thing, man. I, I I try and give you guys some of my draft um, bits of wisdom here and there. And I always say that I never judge uh, a previous draft class compared to another one. Right. Because once upon a time, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes were coming through the same draft. And none of the NFL talent evaluators were very high on either of them. Then you can go look up the plethora of hot takes from guys uh, all around draft media talking about Josh Allen and Justin Herbert would never be franchise quarterbacks. So you're really having to do a deeper evaluation of are these guys going to be able to acclimate their style of play to the NFL? Some guys can do it, and they put a lot of work into it. Josh Allen is the perfect example of one of those types of players. 
Um, and I think that these two dudes could potentially be that as well. It's just hard to know, man. Um, based off their physical talent, they have all the traits, but they just haven't been in the scenarios to really show off everything that they're capable of. So it's still a bit of a mystery right now. Dude, I don't like Kenny Pickett. And I know that I was, I've just been doing a little bit of, you know, viewing of these highlights, some of these players. And I, I mentioned in the chat with us the other day, he, he just, he dances too much. His feet are moving too much for me. It's weird. And do we really want a quarterback with pick in his name? Tell yeah, he's daring you to pick it. Sounds, sounds I dare weird, you to right? pick it. I mean, come on. I have some bravado. No, um, I feel like he is. The I I feel like he is a white Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, I'm Teddy Bridgewater had good college stats. Teddy Bridgewater had some good ass college stats. He was airing the ball out a lot, bro. You know what I'm saying? He was putting numbers up. He's white Teddy. No, like nothing fantastic about his physical ability, and uh, gets it done uh, the other ways. Here's what's interesting to me is this. In 2011, the Carolina Panthers were um, picking number one. We had our opportunity to pick a quarterback. We picked the best, arguably the best Panther in history, Cam Newton. Listen to this. Is, um, I never even went back and looked at this. But some people said, like, Blaine Gabbert's the guy to pick. Blaine Gabbert's the guy to pick. Yep. Uh, Ch- Charlie Casserole. Casarelli, Casarelli. I don't like to pronounce his name correctly on purpose. Was one of these guys. He used to be a fucking GM. Crazy. This is. Listen to these numbers. What were Pickett's numbers last year? Forty-two touchdowns, seven interceptions. How many? Forty-two touchdowns, seven interceptions. Um. And his junior year, which is final year, came out a year early. Blaine Gabbert had a whopping 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions. That's not even remotely. I know. Isn't that crazy? Like, to think about that is like this guy was, they were trying to tell us this dude was better than Cam Newton. That's insane to me, man. Now, in 2009, he had 24 touchdowns, but that's still not even in the realm of what Kenny Pickett just did. No, not even. He had 40 career touchdowns. Look up Bridgewater. Look up Teddy. I got you. I got you. Look, Teddy killed it. Teddy had a great senior year. I'm with the caller, though. I just can't. I just, when I look at him, I don't see it. I don't hate the guy. I just don't see it. Um, listen. Oh God, you're gonna be so mad. I'm gonna be mad. Yeah, 2013 as a junior, Teddy Bridgewater had a 71 percent completion rate. Think about that. 71 percent completion rate, 31 touchdowns, and four interceptions. That's badass, bro. Dude, that sounds like the most that's Teddy Bridgewater stat year. line of all time, though. Like, it's, it's not a ton. That's not a ton of touchdowns. I mean, it's thirty-one. Oh my good. god! For college, look, I just told you Blaine Gabbert had sixteen. He was going to be the number one. Yeah. Teddy Bridgewater got hard to be better than Blaine. I guess my standards are just nah. like oh my high, god. man. 
Um, all right. That's okay. No, okay. Like, come on. The more, the more impressive, the more impressive one. The more impressive one is four interceptions. That's pretty damn good. Thirty-one-four. That's dope. All right, next call. One more thing. Uh Good quarterbacks don't wear gloves. Uh I'm sorry. (laughs) Look, call me discriminatory. You know, saying you can say that I'm judging somebody based on what other players have done. That's fine. I don't care. I'm gonna just I'm gonna just judge my eyes with this one. Superstar quarterbacks they don't wear gloves. They plays and wearing gloves for about 25 years now, and quarterbacks don't wear them. Why don't they? I don't know. Why do quarterbacks that do wear gloves wear them? I don't know. But I tell you one thing. The star quarterbacks that I've been seeing my entire life, ain't none of them motherfuckers wearing gloves. And anybody who is, like the one glove, the two gloves, they just they just look whack. I don't know. I don't know what it is. There's probably no correlation between how good you are and if you're wearing gloves or not. But I, I, I just don't want it. I don't want no parts. I'm sorry. Didn't Tom Brady wear gloves? I can't remember. He wears a glove, I think. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. How about this? Can um, I tell you what I think is so corny nah, on nah, a quarterback? Nah. You got you got to listen the, to this. Dude, Teddy Bridgewater Teddy, was oh the God, best quarterback it. in his class. What year? Twenty thirteen. Who else came? Up? You ready? Yeah. Johnny Menzel. Yeah, Taj okay. Boyd. Oh, Clemson. Oh, Taj Boyd. Marcus oh, Mariota, Braxton Miller, AJ McCarron, uh, David Fout fails. He failed. Aaron Murray. Come on. Hey, Bridgewater. Dude, ta- I had so much. I had so much college. hope. I had so much hope for Taj. Wow. Uh, ta- Taj wow. was it? No, I didn't suck. Yes, it was. He did. It was before he was Deshaun Watson before Deshaun Watson. That, that was the that size guy, that of what? called out for us. He was small. All right, next call. He's like six foot. Hello, this is Paul Pascalani. You may know my grandson, Kevin from Charleston. He told me to call the podcast because I've been looking for him. He told me he's going to pick me up Sunday to take me to Country Kitchen Buffet. <laughs> I really miss my grandson. I don't know where he is. Where am I right now? I have no fucking idea. Am I in the Panthers or am I in Syracuse? Billy, Billy, where am I? (laughs) Who was it? Who was it? Oh, Paul. Um, Paul. Um, our boy. Uh, that was Kevin, man. That was Kevin. What was he talking about? Uh, that was uh, his. That uh, Kevin is the grandson of Paul Pasqualoni, and he was wondering why his grandson. <laughs> we were talking about his grandpa. It. Yeah, that's um, his grandpa. One other thing is Nick was the one who put that uh, call, that prank call on us last week on me. Remember when someone played myself? Yeah. Yeah. Like, did you cat call? And I was like, oh my God, I sound so, so drunk. I was worried. I was like, man, I've had a few tonight. But I don't feel that lit as the call sound. You know what I'm saying? Um, Nick played a soundbite from me in 2019. 
Remember when he said, "You, t- I take over this podcast and my podcast." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, that it's was my Nick. podcast now. Yeah, that was <laughs> after that game was Cam's last game as a Panther. Really, mm. that Tampa Bay. It was a night game or whatever. Yeah, and um, listening to us, I went back and listened to parts of that podcast. It was very hard on us. God, poor Cam. We were sitting there. I mean, I was like, man, like Cam had the worst game. We were talking mad. I mean, we should have been. But I was like, God, I sounded so wrecked. And I know <laughs> I can get in that way occasionally. But um, turns out that was not the same week. It was, he was bombing us from a, like he almost, and you know what, Nick, I'm going to say this is I feel like, uh, isn't there some sort of like health law where you got to keep your health records private, you know, and there's like some health private, but this doctor, doctor confidentiality. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. We need like a FERPA, some, whatever it is. You know what I'm saying? There's some federal laws about privacy when it comes to our health records. He's out here playing calls of us in our therapy sessions right after one of the most horrific losses in in our life. Think about that. I was laying on the couch. I was calling my sponsor that night, talking about how I had never seen Cam be so bad. And man, my sponsor leaked it to the press. Nick, you leaked our confidential information, which was also our public podcast. Just kidding. Um, next goal. All right, boys. Get ready to be educated. Uh-oh. All right. Kevin. For those thinking that Willis is going to go round pick 20 or 15 or something. Top 10. Let's be real smart here. The guy looked great at the senior bowl. But wait till he whips the combine that's going to shoot his stock up even higher there's already lions fans and Texans fans screaming to draft him the texans we often don't think about them drafting a quarterback but what's lovey smith going to do now that he's the head coach we don't know this good point we do know the steelers were massively in love with willis at the senior bowl but they're 20th so, how how would that affect them trading up? Now, let's also chat. Let's hope that the wide receivers coach wasn't sending no pre-draft meetings when they were talking about how much they like Willis since he's going to be going and coaching the Steelers wide receivers now. So, but either way, if all else fails, we'll have Sam Darnold next year. Just for our own personal pleasure. Hmm. You'll have a great Are we a masochist all of a sudden, Kenneth? Like, there's not much pleasure in that, dude. That's more trauma than anything. Um, and yeah, listen, I think that it kind of goes without saying. Malik Willis is probably going to be a top 10 pick. But I knew that, though. I, I knew that you once so? you go through this process, I think so. that, that once they go, especially after they do their pro day, 
and the combine. Yeah, uh, you know, teams get quarterback hungry, and they all think that if, if you know there's a franchise quarterback that they can turn them around. And again, there are some quarterback teams out there this year. Should huh? he do the combine? Should he just do, if I was him, I'd just do the pro day. That's it. I would do, yeah, I would do a little combine. scripted this. Why why does he need to do combine? Because he's not the why? number one pick. He's not Joe Burrow. He's not Trevor Lawrence. If he's already a top if, if he's shine that way, what is him just getting measured? What is that how is he really gonna help his stock that much at the combine? Well, running the forty, that'll be a big one. Well, you can do that um, at your pro day. Jump. You do that yeah, at your you, pro day, you could, but I think it also just shows a willingness to participate and go out there and and, and want to it. put yourself Skip out there, it, bro. In, in front of teams. No, I disagree, man, because he's not like this certified. He's not, gonna, he's not if he's already catapulted himself above Pickett. There is nothing he can do but fall. But also, no, like, no, that's not true. I, I think that there's a no, lot like, of I mean, if there's no quarterback. No, there's no lot of value. They're separating the two. You know, somehow he already did. He already did. I don't know. The, I've been reading uh, Sports Nut posted something where, and, and yeah, you talked about it earlier that a lot of NFL scouts don't see a true NFL franchise quarterback in this draft alone, including Pickett. And Willis, and you just don't know who's saying those things. So if you're Malik Willis and you played at Liberty, nope. yeah, you might be able to get yourself up into the top ten. But you're he going to need did. to do everything in your power to continue to show yourself off to talent evaluators. Wow. I think he has to. But it's not the goal team. anyway. Shouldn't he? Don't we want him to have that mindset anyway? Doing everything in his talent to. to... Show himself. Like I do. I would, That's what I'm saying. Sure. So, so why is that? Why are we going to hold? That if he is in the top, all right, Everybody Greg should be doing that. Greg, if he's already in the top ten, is can he really advance to number one? No, no, it's impossible. I, I think best he advances to is probably five or six. To be honest, no, with you can't advance. Like, you're the top quarterback or you're not. You're the top quarterback or you're not. That's yeah. it. Like he's the top quarterback or you're mm-hmm. not. The other teams are going to still look at him as kind of undersized, great arm talent. Like, I mean, there's nothing he can do if he runs a four. All right. What if he runs a four, four, four versus a four, three? Is it really going to change him that much in his fucking draft stock? No, he's the top. He, he already beat out Kenny Pickett. He already I beat him out this weekend in the senior boat. Done. If I'm I him, think. I would say I'm the best. I'm the best, bro. I'm a run. Like I wouldn't is, even do my pro day. Fuck that. Right now, I don't think that, he, that after the senior bowl and one year at Liberty, where he had three different games, where he had three interceptions. One year for Pickett one at Pittsburgh. Awesome the game. No, Pickett was there for one more than one year at at, at Pittsburgh. But, Tony, it's not even just about proving you're better than Pickett. It's about getting yourself up into the top ten. Right now, based off of just that senior bowl, I don't necessarily believe he's a top ten pick. I think that as this is going to grow and as time goes on, Why not? eventually he's going to work himself up Why into not? the top ten because Why people not? are going to continue to do their personal evaluation. So you're evaluation trying to tell me 
You're trying to tell me. Wow. I never I disagree with you so much. Based on you the stuff I'm me is one exercise on a Saturday afternoon at a pro. I've been to a pro day before. I've been to one at ECU. It ain't nothing special, right? It's just a couple of drills, this and that. You're trying to tell me just one performance there takes him from here to there. No, he either is or isn't. I feel like he's already catapulted himself into that conversation. If you're a team that is willing to wait and wonder if Carolina will pass on him, if Washington will pass on him, then okay. Then he ain't that cool. But I'm telling you, I don't think, like, if I think if I'm Elite Willis, I've already proved everything I need to show to everybody that I'm the best one out of these cats. So if you don't like it, then you don't like it. What's the worst that could happen to him? What, like, just mm. have a terrible pro day where he throws a bunch of interceptions? You can or get hurt. Is inaccurate? You can get hurt. You're making the same argument as on opposite sides, right? It really, like, I, I think both of you agree that him going there is not going to change it either direction. Because right. Cody, you're, what you're saying right now, Cody, is it's not going to hurt him that much. And Tony, you're saying it's not going to move forward that much. Right. Same argument. So Boom. basically, it's, the conclusion's got to be going to the pro days, pointless thing, because it won't move. Don't you mess it up. You know, like, don't mess. You could mess it up. How about that? Day, Actually, you could on. mess it up. You could throw that gauntlet drill and not look good. You could throw the dent, and then all of a sudden, people are like, "Oh my god, he can't throw the deep ball. He can't do this." You know what I'm saying? Like, you can do that. Right now, they think he does it all. I don't think. Don't it's give a fair, him more. I don't think this is necessarily a fair comparison, but. Like, I mean, I do agree that, like, there is value in not going. Like, Joe Burrow didn't go. I mean, well, let me rephrase. Joe Burrow didn't, you know, do any any passing, you know, right. uh, stuff. But, I mean, like, there's I, – I, I, the difference there, though, is you still have a lot of questions around you. Like, Malik Willis still has a lot of question marks. Tell him, man. Right? You know, Tell so, him. I mean – there's like I think the only thing that could happen, in my opinion, is is he could you know plummet. I mean, right? There's like that's, he has that's a the, bad day, bro. Like he's already right now. He's one of the top two quarterbacks. It's between him and Pickett, right? That's the two people at the top of the list of quarterbacks in this draft. And let's be real, there's not a lot of quarterback hungry teams in the top ten. Just not the reality of it. Spin, so. Bro. Why, why, like, what's the value in doing it? You're not going to be, no, unless. To, to dude, me, I'm one. Man, 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 we are fucking. No, hold on, no, hold on, no, 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 that is my, my point, CK, is that it, you're trying, you just said that there's a bunch of questions right. around Malik Willis and around his game. It, it, you, Tony has this mindset that, oh, he's a, he's a lot, he's, you know, top 10. I'm telling you, based on he's the, the top the, quarterback, the bro. Yeah, but okay. You, if I'm Malik Willis, I'm trying to prove that I'm not a late first round quarterback that you take a flyer on. I'm someone who wants to continuously How impress do- you and improve my draft stock to to make sure that I'm a top fifteen pick. I'm all saying right, that right, after first today, of all, how about I don't this? know is that what, he is. After what do you think that make makes him not a top ten top fifteen pick right now? And I don't want to extend oh. this conversation too far, but you're trying to tell us this is that three, four court three or four teams, three the Panthers. I can give two off the top of my head. 
the Panthers and the Washington Commanders are two right off the bat. That's by 11. That's by 11. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you're trying. All right. um, I can name actually the Lions. I can name some teams that want quarterbacks. That's what I'm saying. You so, want to is prove that, though, that you're worth that to them. He hasn't done that. But the, uh, once again, this comes down to the same thing. It, is the combine going to prove that, or is the combine going to How break does that, I, don't, yeah, I don't think it does like either. You either think he could be that already, or you don't. Yeah, I don't Man, he just either. had a great senior bowl. He had all these numbers. That's not enough. What is if the only thing he could do is fuck up at the Pro Bowl Man, not the Pro Bowl, the Combine. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like, yes. Oh, he no, could. Oh, to, he can run a forty, game. but he could run a forty at his pro day. But you could throw the gauntlet, and he could be off. There are things that what it, what it would you need to see at a Combine that would all of a sudden propel him from a seventeen to an eight pick? But and I don't to, think. Right, I swear to God, I don't think that running. Um, well, he can run his 40 as pro day. So what could he not do at his pro day at the combine that would really improve his stock? So you're going to roll your eyes, but I'm telling you, even simple shit like oh this God. matters to NFL scouts competing and throwing amongst the other quarterbacks that are there. Listen, t- like they, we live in a day and age where people give a shit if players opted out for the for their final bowl game or not like oh did they leave their team high and dry and not Teams don't really give a and, fuck about and, that and nobody in the pros cares about game. that no yeah yeah they do if okay no, if don't. you need a perfect scenario if you need to be at your home stadium wherever you no. went to college in order to have the perfect rhythm and make every perfect throw then to me it it, it kind of lets me uh, maybe kind of get the feeling that you need everything to be perfect for you before you can look good. Whereas you play, if I see you at the, if I see you at the senior bowl and you're impressive, then you go to the combine and you test well and you throw well, that's even more impressive. I move you up the board a little bit more. Then wow. we go to your, then we go to your pro day. And I see you do all those same things over and over and over. As a staff, I get a better view of what kind of player you are and how much I can trust you to do these things. You on are going on back on your own word, bro. No, I'm not at all. You're just yes, not you understanding are. me. Your word should be as this: the combine verifies what we see on tape, <laughs> doesn't establish it. And now you're talking about this: is they got to add more to their tape? They got to do more. And, more. and I'm sorry, no, screw that. Is that maybe you? You might as well be playing. You want? You know what? You said this. Their competitive drive. We need to learn about their. Com- you sound like a guy that makes them want to play rock paper paper scissors. Remember that guy that was like, I want to see how if they really want to win. That's what you sound like right now, bro. Let's You're talking about you, he doesn't hey, have a lot of film to even again. compare from. Um. Nah, you're going back on your word. No, I'm not. He doesn't have a lot of film. He needs it all. If your team is A, this shitty, and B, this early in the offseason. But, I mean, every year, I'm I'm borderline obsessed with the Panthers, okay? I, I love football, especially the Panthers. 
I, I don't know why I do this to myself other than to say that I have masochistic tendencies, which sounds like a great name for a metal band or a beer at a brewery. <laughs> but it takes time. Like free agency. You talk about like, oh, I like that we signed this player. Ah, oh, this player's trash. This player's bullshit. Then the draft comes. And then it's April, so you've been not out football for a while unless you watch the XFL. And then after the draft, like from the draft to training camp, it's like a dead window. And there's no news, no football. And you're just like, it's like a buildup. You really want football. So, uh, by July and by August, you'll be chomping at the bid. Even if we go 0-16 or even, or 0-17, even if we were 0-17 last year. That happens to me every year, no matter our record. Never. No matter if we suck or if we're great, I still cannot wait to watch the Carolina Panthers. I'm so happy to go to every game. And unfortunately, in the past four, in the past couple of years, I've been kind of not mad during bye week or when the season's over. Anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. All right, let's go to the next call. Hey, this is Kevin Charleston. Um, I have a question. Have y'all seen my grandpa? I was supposed to take him to Country Kitchen Buffet. <laughs> oh, I can't uh, find him anywhere. Country Kitchen if you Buffet. Get back to me. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Um, yeah. He uh, is, Kevin, we got something to tell you, bro. Uh, he already called in. You're a bad uh, stepson or grandson. grandson. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. He's uh, also the uh, defensive line coach for the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, hold on. Before we go further, what? shout out to the man, Kevin, for the $5. Oh, he says, Rule can't afford a rookie quarterback. Playoffs are fired. I got more words for Super Chat. So, Cody, get a haircut. Clowning constantly made Taj Boy yeah. cry. Well, Taj Boy sucked. No, um, he doesn't suck. He was a very good quarterback. And my team has championships, NFL, Kevin. My team has championships, Kevin. Maybe mm. you should try. My team has more wins in your stadium over the past him, five years try- than yours does. Um, I got to put South Carolina fans in their place. Uh, what was the thing we were talking right before? It was old people. Flashlights. What? That was it. <laughs> <laughs> what was what did you listening say? to? Are you watching the same show? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, what, what's CK watching? Oh, man. No. Um, God, I was about to say something good. Um, was it, though? <laughs> <laughs> last call. Hey, gentlemen, Daniel here again. I haven't called in like two weeks, but What's up, just wanted to give my input as far as this pick of a QB at number six. You know, but honestly, I just feel like we need to trade back to get some draft capital here. You know, we have I we really have no choice. And is it really worth it to draft a QB that we have no idea? You know how they're going to do. Uh, honestly, it's just it, it doesn't make sense to me. You know, I feel like like none of these quarterbacks are ready to play their rookie seasons. They need to have at least a year to learn. So is it really worth it to have that a pick six and not have another pick until what is it, a hundred and five? Yeah, it's just 
because of all the stupidity we did last year, I just feel like like we have no choice to trade back to get some more, you know, picks. I just like to hear what you guys think, you know, on all this. Uh, it's just, all right, let's, just my uh, opinion. But man. as always, guys, keep pounding. Thank you so much for the call. Let's dovetail that back to the comment that Kevin put up. Can you throw that super chat back up? Guys, you can support the show by uh, calling in at 252-228-5098. Oh, you smash the thumbs up button. You can be a part of the conversation. You can donate to the show. Leave it up. Leave it up. I want to tell them this about this. Uh, You can super chat. You're going to hit us up on PayPal. This and that. But all right. So our boy Kevin. And he's our boy. When I say boy, he's like our brother. He's like part of us. He's like, yep. Come on in there. Come in there. He says, uh, Rule can't afford the rookie quarterback. Right? So like the draft capital. We're talking about this, the expense on Malik Willis. Uh, um, And I've talked about why the one way I think it could happen, and I think it could potentially save Matt Rule's job. But there is a true argument, a real, there's some real truth to this, is that, like, he's kind of a dead man walking at this point unless something miraculous happens. The Matt Rule has showed us the kind of go for broke, let's do it right now tendency. What do you guys think about Derek Carr? I mean, I think it's a safe choice. I, I wanted to address the 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 idea of none of these quarterbacks are ready for the NFL, or there are too many people that are. I did say flashlight, Tim. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, you know, can can I ask you a question? Let's look at the people that were quarterbacks drafted in the past five years that are the superstars of this league outside of Joe Burrow that were not considered developmental. Like when they came in, when they were drafted, these guys are going to be projects. Josh Allen was a project. Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson was a project. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes was a project. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Justin Aaron Herbert Rogers. was intended to yeah. be a project. Right. And some might even say that Mac Jones, who was the best quarterback at least so far out of last year's draft, was considered a project, yeah. even though some people considered him the most pro-ready because he has the the the, the mental, uh, maybe not so much the physical. Um, like I just I, I don't like that mindset because I look at the people this that have been drafted over the past five years, and the ones that they told us were developmental in projects are the most successful in this league. Yeah. Yeah. So are you saying that makes you more apt to want to take a swing at Malik Willis, maybe? Yeah, I'm I want to take a swing at somebody who hasn't been told his entire career that he is the greatest thing on the planet, right? Yeah. Because I think that's what we're seeing with these guys. They've come in with a chip on their shoulder. Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, they come in here with a chip on their shoulder and they want to be better. Every time they get every time they get on the field, they want to show the world that they should have been taken at a higher uh, pick, that they aren't developmental, right? I want a guy who has something to prove. Um, and I, you know, arguably Cam Newton was that guy, even though he was taken number one. Like he was arguably he was constantly talked about as being a project. Like he's not the like Blaine Gabbert was better than him with no reason as to do it. And Cam Newton came in there with a chip on his shoulder, and he came out 
and he showed that he was a a, a elite quarterback there. Uh, you know, early on in his career, I think it's safe to say that a developmental quarterback is better than a guy who's just been, you know, just literally had his had his ego stroked his entire life mm-hmm. as a as a quarterback. Because I'll be honest with you, a lot large portion of those guys, and I would even put Joe Burrow in the category of people with a chip on his shoulder because it took. Does Joe and, Burrow look like he should be in um, a um, what, what what was that uh, the vampire movie where they glistened? <laughs> Twilight. Twilight. I feel like Joe. All right. So first of all, I think Joe Burrow is the coolest motherfucker on the planet. Right. He should be in like an expensive men's clothing catalog. Nah, I think yeah. like when you look at his complexion, he may be a vampire. He may be, and like he is very. He looks like he should be, um, yeah, it's like very pale and dead, but like good looking. I think this guy, all right, and then the recent Joe Burrow is the coldest motherfucker, like, he don't get shook, he don't mm-hmm. get shook. I love to say he looks ice, he's ice cold, cold, cold. These are all vampire type monikers. Cold. Number one, number two, he kind of looks like it. Number three, number three. Number two, number three. Um, there is a big. I saw a story floating around that he is well regarded in the bedroom by women. Like so, what? Joey, cold Joey. How the hell did you hear this? And why did you show that? Up that you have no Joey. It said uh, Joe Burrow, good on the field and off the field. That was the title of the show, basically. And on top of that, but this is what I'm starting to think is this vampires, they know how to do they get that Joe Bone. <laughs> Joe Bone. He not Joe Burrow, he Joe Bone. So are you yes. telling me they're just the vampires, they're interviewing they glamour people? They can glamour people and make you come in. Joe Burrow is a vampire, bro. He's a vampire. Oh, and dude. I'm rooting for him. I'm rooting for him. Uh, I have nothing else to say. I won't I refute even... your logic there. That's true. So, yeah. true. so they're just interviewing his prior partner. So, how's old Joe working? Yeah, out? like he went to, first of all, a college that um, has a lot of hot chicks at LSU. He was a part of a team that's the best team ever. And we have social media. So there is like girls and his girlfriend like, like oh, man. And then you get these porn girls sliding his DM. Basically, the world gets out. The word gets out. I thought he had a girlfriend. The worm gets out. No, I think you're the one just starting the rumor right now because Uh, you really want that to be true. I swear to God. I think this is a Tony thing. This is a Tony thing. Good with women. I'm going to put that. Good with women. You're so thirsty, Tony. What? You're like one of these college girls. The way you talk about Cam and then Teddy, the way he was packing. Oh, and then Gardner Minshew. Oh, that's your man, baby. That's your oh man crush. Now you're talking man, about Joe are Burrow? Just, are you just Dude, don't see, man, a man takes care of his business, Joe Burrow. Like, the mm-hmm. girls be nice, be like... They be talking behind your back. First of all, this is women talk. They talk. 
Hey, you know what we ought to do, Tony? Tony, you know what you ought to do? Tony, fuck, Mary kill. Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> Gardner Minshew, and Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah. Burrow. Dude, I'm telling you, I root for all these people, man. Get them no, but, yeah, yeah, fuck. I don't think Tony answered the question. Yeah, do, do you know what fuck, Mary kill is? You got to pick one to fuck, one to marry, one to kill. Oh, oh. Give me, give me the choices again. Joe Burrow, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Gardner Minshew. Mm. <laughs> You're already thinking way too hard about this. <laughs> All right. Uh, We're not going to do this. Uh, Let's go on to. No, I was trying to think of this. Who do I want to murder out of that group? I'm not murdering Manchu. Is that probably really murdering um, Joe Burrow because I think he may be an, uh, a vampire. Stake to the heart. Your life. Yeah, it suck your the blood. Heart. Oh, unless you're into that kind vampire. of thing. Make me a vampire. I will fuck y'all bitches up afterwards. <laughs> and I and I hate to go to bed anyway. I'm perfect for that. I I'm love a werewolf, bro. You don't scare me. Yeah, I've seen Blade too many times. Shave your shit. Uh. All right. Um, those are all the calls. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the NFL briefly. Um, the Super Bowl is here. It is. Was here, man. That we've got uh, in two ways. Speaking of Joe Burrow, cold as Joe Burrow, um, we've got two teams that are polar opposites mm-hmm. when it comes to meeting in this. Is that you have a team that's kind of like um, constructed in the Rams, not kind of, but has been constructed to win now. And when, you know what I'm saying? Like they are aggressively, they know they have talent or they think they have talent with Aaron Donald. They go and have uh, Jalen Ramsey. I mean, like Von Miller. No assembly this, required. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've kind of put together the closest you can of a super team that they have mortgaged all their first round draft picks mm-hmm. for a few years. They're in. And then on the other hand, you get a team that wasn't supposed to be here. And uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, that gave up eight eight or nine sacks against um, the Tennessee Titans. So um, you're, you guys' thoughts. Your thoughts. I was about to say, uh, what's up, Bostonian? You're, you're turning into a uh, Pats fan, bro? Yeah. Hey, give me your thoughts. How's your fam? Uh, um, talk amongst yourselves. I'm getting verklempt is how I would say it. Uh, your thoughts? Your thoughts on this uh, Super Bowl? So, listen, I feel like my opinion is probably very similar to a lot of other people's opinions. I'm going for the Bengals, man. Come on. I love tigers. That's like my favorite animal. I know Tony likes tigers, too, man. We know that that's the true king of the jungle, right? The big ass tiger, Bengal tiger. And my thing is this, man, you look at that entire team on offense, and they're able to do everything. Joe Mixon's a powerful runner. They have two number one receivers in Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. They have a quality football team, and they're playing their best defense now, man. When you play your best defense late in the season, yeah, man, that's you know, that's uh, that's what you want to do. You want to pick at the right time. The problem is, and I know that you all know this firsthand, is that defense wins championships. Mm. And that other defensive line has Aaron Donald, Vaughn Miller, 
and Leonard Floyd. Like they have a ton of pass rushers over mm. there. And and I worry knowing that Joe Burrow got sacked nine times nine. against the uh, against nine. the Tennessee Titans. Like, now they were they have a good defensive times. front. Let's give them their due. They're the only team in the league that had three players with eight sacks on their team. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So that's how, like they weren't us, they weren't smucks, but they got nine. So you gotta believe that the Rams are looking at like five is the minimum. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm so torn with this because like I want to see the Bengals win because it's a great story. And then you know, I, I like the Bengals more than the Rams. I feel like the Rams are kind of like the Yankees, it's kind of a super team. Um, you know, no simply required. That's why I don't really respect Sean McVay. If I had the talent he's had and the years he's had, I think I think I would be a you hate all coach coaches, too. by the way. I mean, <laughs> likely, yeah. Uh, but but the thing is, I want to see Matt Stafford win a Super Bowl. I think he deserves to win a Super Bowl, and especially after the year Cooper Cup had, it'd be so disappointing for for him not to end with the championship. So I really don't know who I want to win this one. To be honest with you, I, I just want to see a good game. I don't want to see a blowout. Stafford's a Georgia kid, ain't he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But I mean, I just think he deserves a woman, man. I've always thought he's a great quarterback, just in a bad position, you know, and it'd be great to see him win one. CK, any thoughts on the Super Bowl? Greg, you got the props for us, maybe? Uh, well, I was just going to throw out, I had a couple of ideas to see if you might want to take a bet on this. Just, uh, I mean, this is not even really a prop bet. This is just uh, kind of a in the No, game but bet. like, what are the, uh, right? So right now, the Bengals are four and a half point dogs. Mm hmm. All right, so that people think the Rams are the money's on the Rams to win. Vegas thinks the money is gonna uh, the Rams are gonna win, but the it's man the Cincinnati Bengals are a cool story. They're a cool story, yeah. but it's an underdog story. They have a puncher's chance. Um, very much so. Is there any? Um, are there any? I, I, it's almost like is Jamar Chase? Is it? It's Jamar Chase, right? Yeah. Right, I I didn't want to get him mixed up with the guy that went to the Dolphins, who was, um, but um, like him versus who's their uh, their corner, Jalen Ramsey. Man, like this is a cool story. That's gonna be the match. Well, here I'll throw a couple out there. Y'all tell me if y'all want to take me up on those or not. All right, I'll do five. How about we just talk about them real quick? (laughs) Okay, Uh, I was gonna say uh, the first touchdown of the game is gonna be a passing touchdown from Stafford to Cup. Would y'all take me five dollars in that bet? Y'all take the field. Mm. <laughs> I take is the Stafford field. the cup only? Stafford the cup only. Yeah, I'll take the field. Take the field. All right. Um, I had, um, oh, Odell Beckham will have uh, more receptions and touchdowns than Jamar Chase. Say it one more time. Odell Beckham basically will have a better game than Chase. More receptions and touchdowns. Or at least as many touchdowns. They may have one piece, but damn, that's tough. Yeah, I think now that might actually be. I don't know, man. Like they they're figuring out a lot of ways to get Odell the football. Like they're they're actively making it a point to do it. And now you know he's played his best few games recently. I think he's had two touchdowns in both or something like that. Yep. So. Yeah, I I think I might go Odell on that one. Yeah, I probably would have taken Odell on that one too. Just... And dude, he's like, isn't he like the perfect player for Los Angeles? 
Like, dude, he's the kind of player that yeah, needs he's, to he be. He belongs there. Right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. He, that's where he needs to be. Uh, and the only other one I had written down was the line. Like, would y'all take y'all taking the Bengals minus four? Or I, I, I know everybody's. I think everybody's kind of expecting the Rams to win. I think we're all hopeful the Bengals may win, but I wouldn't take Bengals minus four. It, the line is Bengals minus four. Right. No, plus four. No, plus no. Plus four. Plus four. Oh, is it plus? Oh, sorry. Pretty sure. So the Rams are favored by four. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure the Rams are. And that's yeah. pretty even considering like it's barely yeah. a home field advantage. Four and a half. I got four and a half here. Yeah. And then well, I, I can guarantee it. you the home field advantage is going to feel a lot more in favor of the Bengals with this game. But then, yeah, but then apparently not though because uh, they all the tickets are like six thousand dollars. It's in Bengals California. Fans? Yeah, I know, but it's like still. Listen, I'm telling you right now, Bengals fans are going to travel. And I say oh, that yeah. this is their first Super Bowl of their generation that they're going to be able to go to. These guys are about to break the bank to get there. You see it happen with the 49ers, and I know they're right down the street, but the Bengals have a widespread uh, fan base that's not just restricted to uh cincinnati uh the the rams do not have a like they can't even fill their own stadium up like in their home field like when they play home at like one of their playoff games nfc championship and you still saw more 49ers fans than the rams super bowl fans. is kind of like a not a fan event though it's like a, a rich people event yeah celebrities rich people yeah and the thing is too I, I think that most of the time unless you have a team in the, the game or like some kind of affiliation with the team in the game most people pull for the underdog anyway which favors well for the bank what do you think the most ridiculous bets are i bet you like it would be like i'm i'm kind of interested in like you know because there's a lot of shit going on with the nfl and races now we got so we got this our lawsuit against the NFL with racism, and then the halftime show is Snoop, Eminem, Dr. Dre, like all the '90s throwbacks to like the people I love. I wonder, like, is there? There's got to be some weird bet about like, will the person that runs onto the field be white or black? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. There probably is. Yeah. I mean, they, I, they mean I swear. All right. Um, all right. So we've done that. We've talked about. Um, I don't think there was anything else that really would. Super Bowl prop bets. We've we've been through about everything yeah. on the show that we need to go through. So um, let's uh, ice some pit. Um, oh, yeah. Tyler Jones says coin flip. Ha, ha, ha. How about this? Is Cody Lashney gonna feel like a fool on that Cody last name was like oh you always say heads you always say it. and then he was like don't don't take heads the last don't say don't take heads. Don't take have heads. all been heads and one time it wasn't tails I feel like I've seen a fail, bunch of people me. call tails always only for it to just fail he was like the no is, you were so confident you were so confident they were like oh god don't I'd do it again. The I trick would do it again. You were stupid, bro. Do it again. The trick is consistently call one every time increases your odds of winning. Simply because law of averages mean if you can stick with the same one every time, you're going to win more than if you mix it up. 
Let's just heads all just, day, baby. We'll pick one and go with it. Yeah, it's heads for me. All Tails, Look, I got a big ass. I'm an ass man. There's no way that I'm not picking heads. Not an ass man. Um. All right. Um. Let's see. I guess that's it. When it comes to, I don't think I. I can't think of anything else we need to talk about when it comes to the show. So, no. can we ice some fools up? Shit. Can we? Yep, yep, yep. Of course we can. I'm gonna take low hanging fruit, so I'll go first. Please. Um, Please. my low hanging fruit is going to be, and again, story is yet to come out, but Alvin Kamara at the Pro Bowl, the way it sounds initially, again, this is going to be stories that continue to address, like as it continue to evolve as time goes on. But it sounds like there was an elitist mindset to that elevator and uh and it ended up in, in in alvin kamara getting arrested and i say dude wanted to get into an elevator alvin kamara like the way that it reads in the story is that alvin kamara wanted the elevator to himself and so he put his hand on the dude's chest the dude pushed his hand away and then they started beating him senseless again you know we'll we'll understand context is going to change that a little bit but to me my mindset is I don't care what the circumstances were. And I know people might change the might, might have a different mindset than me. I was just raised that, you know, listen, you, you don't put your hands on somebody else. You unless don't they're, beat people right? to the death right. in and, the, and, uh, the elevator. And there's also the idea of like, a, like just doing a beat down like that as a gang, like just can not, I say gang, it sounds bad, but like Whoa. as a, as a group of people, you know, just continue, just beating down on this guy um, as a, one guy against five or six other guys. It just seems, you know, absolutely uh, asinine. And, you know, Alvin Kamara should know better than to, to let himself stoop to a level that's going to end up him being in jail and facing five years in prison. So. Yeah. Well, ice up. Um, yeah. I mean, we will have to see what comes out. Anybody else? Well, who's who's next? Yeah, I'll go. So uh, the Houston Texans, mm. they promoted Lovey Smith to be their new head coach. And during the yeah, press, aka conference, Black Santa, yeah, uh, he has a great beard, fantastic oh beard. Oh my god, it it's so distracting. Uh, so he was so he was doing his introductory press conference. And you know, sometimes you just get a sign, and it's like, hmm, maybe this is the universe trying to tell me something. Um, so they're doing their press conference, and then this happens while the GM Nick Casario is talking in the middle of the press conference. A number of different candidates, and that was pretty fluid. I think this process, in and of itself, is very fluid, and we have. We got a fire. But not use the elevators. All right, I'll try to talk over the microphone. But anyways, this process is pretty fluid, so right? So the fire alarm goes off while they're doing the introductory press conference, and people are joking that uh, it was Brian Flores wearing a, wearing a mustache, sneaking in, pulling the fire alarm. Just to piss people off and get them out of there, uh, I just thought that was uh, that was funny. And by the way, to me, this as someone who was used to be a part of similar shenanigans like this when I was 
a young lass. Uh, this reeks of practical joke to me. Like someone that's just doing this for a yuck. I mean, why else would it go off in the middle of a press conference? I don't think there was an actual fire. First of all, isn't that the most bougie-ass fire alarm in the history of the world? Yeah. Like, hello, there is a fire in your proximity. Please move away. It is the most bougie-ass fire alarm I've ever heard in my life. Number two is that is the smoke of all the black bodies they were burning in the background. The Houston Texans, man. Gosh, they've been so bad. So bad. Yeah, rough stuff. But yeah, too, whoever pulled that fire alarm and messed up a, a head coach's first press conference, ice up, son. Nick Casario, man, good God. He looked really thin, didn't he? Ghoulishly. No. Oh, very ghoulishly. <coughs> yeah, go- did you say ghoulishly? Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's a perfect yeah. way. Yeah, actually, that's a great way of explaining it. All right, Greg, you got an ice up for us? Yeah, man, mine's a personal one. It's got a little story behind it. So right, uh, at the house, uh, I've noticed over the last few weeks, the floorboards seem to be swelling. It, it seems okay. kind of so I'm okay. So I'm going to call my insurance company, have an inspector come by and look at it and see what's going on. So I call my mortgage company today, which is Freedom Mortgage, and uh, or actually, no, I'm sorry, I called uh, State Farm, which is who I had my my homeowner's insurance through, and they told me that because I pay my homeowner's insurance through my escrow, that my lender pays it, you know, annually every year, and they stopped paying it in December 2020. No reason, just stopped paying it. Didn't get just 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 never sent them a check, never contacted me, nothing. So I contact Freedom Mortgage and I ask them what's going on, and and. Let's let's start out with I got hung up on six times. This is before I got angry. I got angry after the sixth time I got hung up on. And yeah, hung up on it was they would put me on hold to get me to the right person, and it would be 15 minutes, and then it would cut out. So after that many times, I'm starting to get kind of upset. Well, I finally get a hold of somebody who's going to try to help me, and uh, they go into my file, and she can't figure out why they've stopped paying the insurance. And so she goes to her supervisor, and her supervisor goes into my file, and he can't figure it out. And they're like, well, we show here that you've been paying it, and you do have a policy. Here's your policy number. I said, okay. Can you tell me the name of the company that's with or phone number? No, we don't know who that is. So they've changed my homeowner's insurance policy and don't know who, without asking me, and don't know who the, the person that the company is or a phone number to reach them. So I'm spending all day trying to figure this out, and I finally get it figured out, and I contact these people. And they're gonna, they, they told me, they were like, when you get home, look under your house, see if there's any leaks, we'll call you and have an adjuster come by this week for school, okay? After the whole day, no problem. So I get home, and uh, I get under my hand in the crawl space, and I'm looking, and the pipe under, or the, the drain pipe underneath my kitchen sink, where my dishwasher and my kitchen sink go into, is busted. And there's just water and food everywhere. Under oh, there. no. Everywhere. I mean, it was insane. Uh, so I'm hoping that the insurance covers a busted pipe and it'll cover fixing my floors because I'm never dealt with this before. Um, but that was, that's going to be the only beneficial part of this does happen is if I get my floors fixed, but to freedom mortgage for switching my homeowner's insurance policy and then not knowing anything about it, not being able to tell me anything about it. When I call you, I just fuck up, man. Like, I, can, are they allowed to do that? Can they just switch no. your homeowner's insurance policy? No, you have you have the decision on your homeowner's insurance, not your company. 
Now, I think so. Yeah. The 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 alternative here is if for whatever reason, so for instance, the car payment, you're required uh -huh. to have full coverage while you're being like you know your lenders a lot of times will require that um, in order to be able to finance uh, the uh, the the vehicle. Um, and if you don't have insurance, they will charge you their own premiums. Uh, and at least there's banks around here that'll do that. Um, and then that leaves you kind of holding the bag on a higher premium on that. So I could see that being the only, that would be the only way I could see that being a possibility. Yeah. Anything beyond that is absolutely outside of the realm of norm. Like yeah. that's, that's outrageous. Yeah, it really blew my mind, man. But like I said, hopefully, I don't even know anything about this insurance company. Hopefully, they're going to come in here and they're going to deem that they can fix it. And I know my premium will go up, but it's right. okay. You know? All right. So my ISA pick uh, goes to, it's not even like an ISA pick. I don't even know how to explain this. Is that I'm sitting, I take my son to, he goes to youth group on Sunday night. <clears throat> so I'm driving him to the youth group big it's a big intersection in our town or our city it's like it's about as big as you can get it's where a highway meets another highway you know it's like every lane has got four lanes two turn lanes you know what i'm saying like it's a big intersection so i'm sitting there like and i'm like the front spot of this turn lane this truck i mean you so you're watching the traffic goes right across and this truck goes by and there's this like paper that just kind of like explodes into the air like kind of like uh somebody left uh either threw something up or just like left a bag open you know what i'm saying but it, I mean, it was going fast and it was a lot and we're looking at this paper i mean it's flipping through the road i mean it just happened like right in front of me like this and it looked like kind of bill size you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and yeah. i was like it's like man are those coupons are those i was like what the fuck my son's with me it's just my son and i'm and i was like man what is that and so we're going through this big big and i was like look when we turn here just try to catch a glance of what this is and he looks over and he goes, look like a hundred, but with a purple stripe on or something like this. I was like, all right. So you're like, oh, no, nah, this ain't no money. You know, fuck that. No way. Ba ba ba. You know what I'm saying? Bull crap. And so I was like, and, and, I, was, and I was like, was it money? That's what I said. I was like, was it real? Was it really? Did you see a money? Did you see money? He was like, why? He's like, what if it was money? Would you stop? I was like, hell yeah, I would stop this whole goddamn intersection right here and pick up this fifty thousand dollars that just flew out. Ooh, I would be like, he was like, I would be getting you out there. I'd be directing traffic. Anyway, so we were joking about it. So I took him and dropped him off. It was only like two blocks later, All right? So I drop him off. I come back to the same intersection. I'm sitting at the intersection. And the paper's kind of still blowing around. It's like the last remnants of a lot of it. But it's still a good amount of it. And the shit blows. Like, so I'm at this big, another big light. I'm just from another angle. And it blows, like, close by. And I'm like, God, that kind of looks like money. 
So I open my door. I get out of the truck. I part. I'm like, I'm like, I'm that dick. That's like, all right, I'm open my door. I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna see if this. So I pick up this piece of paper. I mean, it looks like a hundred. And this is the best part about it. I pick as soon as I pick it up, the people right beside me. There's a car right beside me. They roll down the window and they go, "Is it real? (laughs) Is it real?" Anyway, uh, it was this. uh, You can go look it up online. It's like it's called uh, movie prop money. Movie. I mean, it was money was fake money movie prop money but it was like it's like uh fake money but meant to look at first glance real like so they're in a movie they open up a suitcase and it looks like money but it's not real money so when you look at it it says movie prop money in one spot you know it's got some different things on it and i'm trying to figure out why the hell do they do this like did was this an accident but it was a lot. It was a good amount of it. So I wonder if somebody like drove through the intersection. And I watched it kind of happen. I just kind of saw it out of the corner of my eye where it went up. You know what I'm saying? Like it came out. It looked like it came out of the back of someone's truck. But I'm trying to figure out what the fuck happened. And I'm kind of wondering if somebody tried to go through an intersection and throw this money in an effort to create chaos. Like, I mean, it, like if we thought for a second, like we could have all crashed into it, be like, oh, we need the money. But um, it was crazy. And wasn't that so ice up to the fake money throwers and hells yeah to the people that went. Is it real? <laughs> like, I mean, I'm telling you, like, I hadn't even picked it up yet. Like, my hand touched it. Like, as soon as I touched it, like, this other, they were like, oh, my God, somebody finally got out of their truck and picked it up. You know what I'm saying? Like, they were so, I mean, and, they were, and I, I mean, I picked it up off the ground as soon as I had, is it real? <laughs> like, no, I don't think so. And then I got it in the truck. Uh so that's my ice up story to you. Movie prop money. Movie prop money. They were trying to create chaos, man. They were trying to. Um, they did this in the money heist. You seen that shit on yep. uh, Netflix? Remember when they blew up all or threw all the money out there to create a diversion? That's what that was. I bet you they were doing something funky. They probably robbed Maybe. the bank. Maybe. All right. That's it. Um, C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com each and every night. Not each and every night. Each and every Tuesday for the last nine years. Think about that. Nine. After this season, I think this is our ninth full season. Pretty awesome. Um, We get up here and we don't stop talking. Uh, Cody, I went up on the voicemail today and I started trying to delete some calls to make you feel better. I got through four. Dude, we've had over 400 calls on this podcast since November. Damn. Can you believe that? Hey, man. Four hundred calls since November. Stay out here, man. We still got 86 people. 
almost three hours in, man. Dope. We got the All best right. fans. We have. You the best see where fans. I'm at? You see where I'm at? Subscribe. Tell some. Tell a. Tell a. Tell a brother about the fake money. Let me at the C3 Panthers podcast. Cody Lashney. Pass the mic. Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah, man. You can find me on Twitter at Cody Lax, C-O-D-Y-L-A-C. Uh, check drafttech.com tomorrow. Uh, there's a brand new mock draft for the Carolina Panthers. So, um, and then also, hey, man, Friday at 7 p.m., <laughs> we're doing the Friday free for all. Be there or be square. You're allowed to come on the show, just like me, Greg, Tony, and CKR right now. Uh, you know, come on. We'll give you the stream yard, and you can let your opinion be known. We do a brand new mock draft live on the Friday free for all, where you are all the war room. I'm literally just clicking the buttons. I'm following orders, having a discussion about the draft. It's been an amazing time so far. Come hang out, bro. Kev and I have to hit the strip club up. We're gonna drop a whole hundred G's up on this mug. Movie Kev prop money. Only, Movie prop money. All right, who's next? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay, I was gonna say uh, you can find me at the Bad Dad if you tell on Twitter. Uh, Super Civil Servants Podcast live Friday nine PM Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we're covering stuff like Peacemaker, uh, Book of Boba Fett. Um, if anybody hasn't watched T- Tommy and Pam yet, check that one out. And check out Reacher, too. It's a really good show. So we're covering all kinds oh, of Oh, I just like started watching it last night. First, Reacher? first, he's giant. He's so giant, oh. it's weird. Yeah, that dude's huge, man. He it's plays kind Hawk of in, fucking in Titans. Weird. He, he like, plays Hawk in Titans. He's a huge guy. Yeah. Can I make that, a recommendation it, to everyone? Please, please. If you're not watching Euphoria, you have good? to change that. Good? Dude, how about not only is it good... It's one of the best things that HBO has ever produced. Oh, really? Oh, man. I Dude, that it is right so good. You didn't think that you would ever be into a show about a bunch of drugged out high school kids. Oh, I Dude, totally you... thought I would be into that, but okay. Dude, Z- Zendaya, <laughs> Zendaya is a treasure. That's all I'll say. Everybody right. go watch yeah. it for you. CK, yeah. jump in there. Follow me on Twitter. Could as well. <laughs> oh yeah oh, i love it i love it, it. yeah out, no, i'm into that uh bat daddy when you get when you guys circle back to lord of the rings hit me up i've been reading them i've been reading yeah. them i'm trying to figure out if i love if these things are overrated or not <sighs> who knows i'm into it i'm into it all right i'm glad thank you cody uh for euphoria i needed a recommendation oh, yeah, like it. that Let's get the fuck out of here before all these people um, hate us and have dystopia instead. Nah, they love us. And they're going to keep on coming back for more, won't you, C3 family? You know we love you. Until next time, keep pounding. Keep pounding. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.